everyone, and welcome to the real 30th episode of Slime Time SideQuest, an official Dragon's Den podcast. This is Platy M3. And this is Yangus the Legendary Bandit. Yeah, uh, way to call me out with the whole real 30th episode bit there. Uh, yeah, oops. Sorry, man. Yeah, I mean, technically, when Brewery and I planned our Dungeon Encounters episode, it was going to be the 30th episode, so I think my brain just slipped and still called it that when we were recording it, so that was my bad. <laughs> no, no, you're all good, and yeah, you, you recorded it before we got this one going, otherwise your numbering was correct, because I had this labeled as a... Uh, number 30 i think or 29 um oh yeah i had it number 29 so i actually considered keeping the numbering correct just uh release this episode first and then you know hold off on people encountering your encounter um but didn't want to hold that for too long uh well okay when you put it that way i guess it was a good idea to get it out asap <sighs> yeah. uh, anyway uh, to say thank you for editing on that episode, I got you a nice box of chocolates. Oh, you know what? My mama always said, life is life. It's not a 90 mo- 90s movie night play. Shut up now and have some. Mm. All right, well, let me just reach over there, try this one. Mm. Oh, dude, gross. What the hell is that? Mm. Let's see. I have a copy. I got my own box of it, too, just so I could sample some of it. Uh, let me read the box top here for you. Um... <clears throat> That was the chocolate-covered active time battle system flavor. Ooh, man, I got to tell you, I found it real tasty when I had some earlier. Oh, what the heck? That's not even a real flavor. (laughs) But, yuck, man, if it is, I mean, I guess why I... That's probably why I didn't like it. All right, let me grab this other one. Okay, let's see which one he gets. Oh, I mean, this one looks a bit blocky, more polygonal. Um, But, you know, whatever. Shape doesn't matter. It's all about taste. Let me give this a bite. Uh, oh, oh, disgusting! What in high hell's that flavor? Well, my dear friend, my trusty chocolate guide here says that is the PS1 graphics with caramel flavor, specifically Final Fantasy VII flavored, too. Looks good, uh, tastes even better. <laughs> oh, oh, come on, man. That, that small thing was made of more polygons than any old PS1 or Final Fantasy VII game. And again, that's not a real flavor, but... Gross. But look, I'm telling you, these are real flavors. Uh, you know, what? try another one. You'll, you'll, uh, maybe you'll start to appreciate it with the third one. You know what they say: third time's the charm. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not gonna just do one more, but because you know what, I'm betting if I just like pop three, three in a row, they can't be bad. I'm, I'm just gonna give me these three, and I bet at least one will be good. So uh, here we go. Mm, this is pretty good. Oh, oh, hell no! Oh, oh it's okay. <coughs> Ick. Yum. Oh. God, how can they be so gross and so delicious intermittently? That's, like, totally random. What the hell were they? Well, let's see. Uh, that one actually came from a different box. Uh, apparently it was some sort of all-in-one pack or something. Uh, let's see. The box says that that first one was Dark Chocolate Saga 1. The other one was White Chocolate Saga 2. And the last one was Milk Chocolate Romancing Saga 3. C'est magnifique, as they say. Uh, I guess that kind of explains a lot. Oh, okay, Yangus. You've got me totally curious here. What the hell kind of box of chocolates did you get? Oh, I picked it up online from the Square Enix store. Happy Valentine's Day. The Square Enix store? Chocolates? Ooh. So which ones are the Dragon Quest chocolates? Um, well, sorry, Platy. I bought the uh, U.S. version, so doesn't have any Dragon Quest chocolates included with it. No! 
Well, oh, uh, let's it. leave uh, Platy to compose himself a bit there. Uh, maybe grab some <laughs> tissues or something. Um, tonight, we're here <laughs> with our annual Valentine's <laughs> Sorry, I just had to clear my nose. I'm I sorry. Think, I think you threw up part of the chocolate there. <laughs> a little bit came out when I was blown. <laughs> the milk chocolate shot out of his nose, apparently. Yeah. Burns. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, God. All right. Uh, tonight we're here with our annual Valentine's Day episode. Last year we got it on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know why I found that so funny. Um, last year we got it on with some independent loving. But this year we're doing a different direction. We're going in a different direction. Uh, since we're all gamers here and all active on different social media platforms, uh, uh, we all love to grumble and complain quite a bit. I don't think so. Bullshit. No, we don't. <laughs> exactly. So this episode, we're going to spend the entire time complaining. And not just about any old games. We've each picked uh, the games or series we love to hate on. So sit back and listen while Platy, Blue Star, Baruri, and Matcraft, Pendy, and myself explore the dark side of our gaming opinions say hello everybody hello can i get a uh, a weight mode chocolate <laughs> there you go that's that I, 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 <laughs> thank you you're waiting a while to say that one but you know what well played well played <laughs> see this is why we have platy on he's always good with the transition jokes and the pun jokes <laughs> uh, better than writing those intros sorry everyone but apparently we enjoyed it well enough <laughs> Oh, God, I don't know why that got me so bad either. <laughs> uh, is there a Threads of Fate-flavored chocolate? I could really use another one of those. Uh, let me look in the bottom of the box here. It might be on, on the second layer. It's a pretty big I box. that box comes out in a couple weeks, maybe next month, something like that. Well, don't worry. Once we get it, it'll also come out around the same time that we get Dragon Quest, or excuse me, Dragon Warrior 4 for the PS1. So mm. just have to wait just oh. a little bit longer. <laughs> <sighs> Rip. Wow. And with that, I think uh, we've all spoken. Matt Kraft is going to be joining us virtually tonight. Uh, I was listening to his uh, submissions that he sent in a little bit earlier, so uh, we'll uh, place them in somewhere strategically. But you know what? I, I know we always start with Lucer. I told her whenever we have these ensembles and she's here, I feel like we start with her. But I'm going to throw a curveball. Pendy, since you spoke up first, you get to go first tonight. Ooh. No weight mode for you. The one time we talked about it and I was prepared. <laughs> well, Pendy's speed stat was a little bit higher, and, you know, that's how it goes. Like in one of the games that uh, I'm going to be talking about tonight, I just kept doing the same action over and over and over again until I got it uh, got it a little bit higher. Got that stat I mean, bigger. Don't, don't, don't beat yourself over the head with it. Let's just uh, get on with it. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yes, but before we get into that specific reference, uh, we're going to go into another game from that series. Uh, my first game is going to be all about Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, the best one. Ugh. So <laughs> I was initially really excited for this game. At first glance, it looked fantastic. I had loved the Final Fantasy franchise up to that point. At that time, I had played one, four, the fan translation of five, six, and seven. Uh, some people like to argue that 
Final Fantasy VIII gets a lot of hate because it was not another Final Fantasy VII. VII was a lot of people's first RPG at the time, so the argument argument was that noobs just wanted the same thing over again and were disappointed. That isn't me. I was a series veteran that just expected another fun game. I loved the series, liked them all, the, at least the ones I'd played so far. I wasn't just expecting a Final Fantasy VII-2. Uh, but like I said before, I was excited for it. Each game in the series I had played to that point was a wonderful experience. Uh, I remember watching the opening movie for this game, or full motion video, FMV as they called it back then, and being amazed by the music and the cinematography of it all. I remember being excited and showing the opening uh, FMV to friends and relatives because it looked so cool back in those days. Uh, except the music, which admittedly is another superb soundtrack by Nobuo Uematsu, maybe one of his best e even uh, in terms of his soundtracks. It just went all downhill from there after that opening movie. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> thought we were doing a Final Fantasy X reference here. <laughs> oh, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> but to, uh, to, to start off, I just hated the game mechanics. A lot of the game was either tedious or annoying to me. The tedious part was the junction system. In order to make it work, you had to use the draw command in battles, his draw command. The draw command siphons magic from enemies to use as a spell or saved in your inventory to be used as a spell later, or for junctioning and refining lots of different aspects of your character. It actually it's very customizable. Uh, even with the summons, you would customize and build those up, which is actually an aspect of the game that I liked. I liked that aspect of it. It wasn't just like, here's a summon, go use it. It was like you actually got to build them up. But... That meant getting stronger meant a lot, lot of drawing, and I hated it. I hated that command. So tedious. Draw, draw, draw. I couldn't have been more bored with a single game mechanic. And do you get to buy any armor at all? Uh, you know, helmets, uh, uh, pants. Yeah, pants. Pants. <laughs> pants. Got, gotta love the pants. I'm just thinking of Dragon Quest of the Stars. We always <laughs> were fascinated oh, over pants. Oh, gosh, yes. But anyways, nope, no armor. It was all replaced by the junction system. And don't get me wrong, I normally don't mind using a system of upgrade and customization for a character's stats, but not if it replaces armor entirely. Usually games that do have that have some sort of mixture of both, even if it's just equipping a few accessories, like in uh, Super Ro Robot Wars or something like that. Or maybe just weapons in some cases. I think Fire Emblem's like that. But even in Final Fantasy VIII, there was no buying or collect collecting weapons. You just refined your base weapon with items to upgrade it. I didn't like it. Uh, the annoying aspects of the game were the limit, the limit break system and the characters. This is the one Final Fantasy VII comparison I will make. In that game, as you took damage, you built up your limit break bar, and then, then you could immediately use a powerful limit break attack or save it for later. It was fantastic. And fantastic. I loved it. But in 8, under normal circumstances, limit breaks could only be activated if your character was low on health. I hated that so much. It is against every fiber in my being to purposely put a character in a low health situation for a limit break. I know there are other ways around it, but I don't remember it being super easy to do so. And last but certainly not least, the characters. I was annoyed by half of the cast, at least. Emo main character with a gun sword? Yeah, no thanks. I hated that whole emo fed. The music, the attitudes, everything. As Squall says, whatever. <laughs> a weird punk who's fascinated with hot dogs? Pass. An overly excited, weirdly designed little girl? 
Next, a sniper who can't take the shot? No way, Jose. And the rest I was mostly indifferent to at best. Final Fantasy games, especially as the series got a little bit older, had a big reputation for coming up with engaging, colorful characters. A lot of the games are partially centered around that concept, so when that falls flat, that just sucks a lot of the enjoyment out of the game for me. Now, despite all this, I trudged on and I beat the game. Why would I put put myself through that, you might ask? Was it some kind of masochist urge? Nope. I stupidly thought it might get better at some point. It was a Final Fantasy game. How could it not? Lesson learned. Well, maybe. But I will end on the one positive thing I got out of this game. It was the most epic boss battle I've ever had, or at least one of the most epic boss battles I've ever had for the final boss. It's either in the one or two spot, battling out, battling it out with my epic Chrysler Tower, Parasite Eve, post-game, post-game boss fight. Because I was so annoyed by everything, I rushed through this game pretty quickly. When I got to the final boss area, I didn't even realize that's where I was. I didn't, I didn't realize. I was like, oh, this is the last area. I, I had no idea. So when I battled the final, ba- final boss, I was woefully unprepared for it. By the time everything was said and done, I was left with only Squall, everyone else was dead, and he was in single-digit HP by the time that I had won. And if you've played any of these games in this series, you know that's pretty much nothing compared to how much HP you end up with in the end. I will always remember that boss fight. I should have died. I had no business winning that whatsoever. But yeah, that's my that's my Final Fantasy VIII rant. I just, just not not a great game for me at all. So, <clears throat> so first question, I know you hated... The whole junction system with having to draw magic. I mean, did you ever circumvent that using the item refine system to get the magic that you needed? Saves a whole lot of time. But I do know that a a lot of enemies in this game were specifically created to have specific spells that you could only get from them. Like, you know, the one thing I did, and I will agree, I hated having to draw summons from enemies specific bosses. And if you missed it, that was it. You missed it for the entire game. There was no going back to it. Yeah, that could be annoying, to say the least. But um, I... yeah, It's definitely a problem with Final Fantasy games. Um, they they seem really bad sometimes about that, too, depending on what ones you're playing, where they'll have stuff that's like, oh, you missed it that one time? Oh, that's it. Too bad. I had that happen with uh, Final Fantasy V, where the first time I played it, I did not know about half the summons in the game. I didn't find it out until I beat it, and it's just like, well, crap, I missed out on like like five or six of them, and there's no way for me to go back and get it. So it's definitely <laughs> and, a bit of a problem with the series. And the thing, the thing is, is eight does not telegraph to you that, um, you know, there's a missable here. I mean, and obviously, you know, you know, back, back in the early days of video games, you know, the nineties and stuff, um, you're probably going to play a game more than once. Cause I feel like these days, most people are just one and done with games. They play it once and then they move on to the next thing. And if you have a lot of stuff like that to where it's just kind of chips away at you at, Oh, you missed, you missed that item. No getting it now. Oh, you missed this. Yeah. You're, you're SOL. So yeah, I do share in the frustration with that, but I loved the junction system for altering your uh, stats and stuff because you could make, you could more or less make, any it made all characters viable for any build basically oh yeah i mean that part of it the the fact that you could customize everything uh so specifically was fine but the way you got the the ability to do that was just so annoying and tedious that's what ruined it for me oh you mean that you had to basically assign draw to a character for them to get you know 
yeah magic and yeah it caps at i think the stock goes up to 100 99 or 100 and that's it so um, if you only have one person on draw duty you can only pull enough you know for like a, one a, one character to equip a full stack to a stat more or less yeah and and then like you know certain summons would only alter certain stats so you did a lot of shuffling to find out you know which summons were and then there was the oh, whole, i totally forgot about that too oh that yeah. as well and then and then there was the whole relationship status to the summons like they'll like characters more the more you use them and i think that actually affected damage output you're just you're just coming up with more stuff that i, I forgot that i hated about the game <laughs> wait a minute there was relationship stats in final fantasy 8 for the, yeah, the guard- how do you like that for the guardian forces there were like the more that you you more the more a specific character used it the more that summon liked that person and it would it had some sort of effect that is at the moment i'm completely forgetting but i think i think it had to do with damage output and I just want to say again, the music for that game was one of the few things I actually liked about it. And it was like, like really good. Like that is one of, that is the only game that, where I have some tracks from that game on Spotify that I'll listen to, even though I hate the game. There's no other game where oh, I... Oh, yeah, it's, soundtrack's fantastic. Well, you know, yeah, what, the opening song for Chrono Cross, never mind. But okay, two, but yeah. That's Scars of Time. But yeah, Final Fantasy VIII's got a pretty good uh, soundtrack. I... Like one of my favorite songs from that game is uh, the overworld theme called Blue Fields. Like mm-hmm. I played, I replayed oh, yeah. that song a lot yeah. when I was um, really into Final Fantasy Theat Rhythm. I that was one of my favorite songs. I always go back to and play it like real quick if I you know kind of just felt like um, that's a good one. Just playing a few songs, you know, real fast. I always wish that when they released the remastered version of Final Fantasy VIII several years back, yeah, I, you know, it's 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 one of those long shots. There was apparently a ton of cut content from this game, and there was a whole bevy of stuff between Laguna and Squall and all that kind of stuff. I will admit, the story in Final Fantasy VIII is super weak compared to more or less all of the other Final Fantasy games. Oh, and the best stuff was the Laguna stuff. Like, had they swapped yeah. if they had swapped the party around, like I would have been more, much more interested. And being like uh, having Laguna as the the main character instead of the stupid squall emo whiny whiny baby, so yeah, with his <laughs> yeah. gun sword. Yeah, I get it. Gun sword. You wanted to play the man with the machine gun. Yeah, he was actually interesting. He was one of the characters I liked. Uh, of uh, most of them, like I said, most of them I hated or I was just kind of indifferent to. He was actually one of the few that I did uh, like. He was interesting. I'm still stuck on uh, Final Fantasy normally having, you know, colorful characters. I maybe it's because my experience is mostly with five and twelve, but I've I've always thought that that was Dragon Quest's strength in like sort of comparison to Final Fantasy. See, and with Dragon Quest, I only think that with certain games like four, eight, uh, eleven. But otherwise, usually for, for me, anyways, just my opinion, like most of the Final Fantasy games are, I think, are more known for that, especially like uh, six and uh, seven and a bunch of them. Nine even. Like for, like for me, Dragon Quest, uh, with a few exceptions, is more about like taking in the atmosphere of the world and interacting with it. And whereas Final Fantasy is like getting involved in the stories of the character and, and what's going on with them and following that along, as opposed to just kind of getting into the world. That, that's mm. the way I've always looked at it. Yeah, I could agree. I could um, agree with that one because like whenever I've gone back to 
played Dragon Quest, like especially when I was first playing it, like I just enjoyed, um, you know, exploring the worlds and seeing what there was to see and, you know, just kind of taking in uh, what there was. Because that, that's one of the reasons why I liked um, uh, Dragon Quest Eight so much, why I love Dragon Quest Seven because the world's constantly expanding and changing you know you get to see the past and the present versions and yeah there's story and characters there too but I, i've always just found it interesting with at least with dragon quest you know seeing what the world's gonna be like as you go through a game for the first time or mm-hmm. um right and then with yeah. final fantasy i mean there's stuff in final fantasy that i think is cool to you know see and explore like i definitely think it's interesting how um between like the diff- the different mainline games how different the worlds are from one another i think that is kind of an interesting way to do things so you know, every experience is kind of unique, whether it ends up being good or bad. You know, it's going to yeah. be up to the person. But, um, yeah, I guess just in short, I do agree with uh, kind of your point there, Penny, and like how you kind of view the series. Yeah. I think some of the Final Fantasy games do a bit of a better job focusing more on the gameplay side of things than others. But for the most part, when I go into Final Fantasy, I'm kind of expecting it to be more story and character focused. And like you're getting involved with yeah, exactly. what's going on. Cinematic and yeah, and all that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Huh. That has not been my experience at all, but... If you've only played 5 and 12, I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's very limited. <laughs> we, we need to get you them pixel remasters. Oh, boy. At least, at least six. Oh, actually, the, first six uh, the first six games are all right. I had no complaints <laughs> with Final Fantasy there. Four is GOAT. It was like, another game. It was a game. <laughs> It is a great game. <laughs> but we are not here to complain about Final Fantasy 4. We got more Final Fantasy 8 coming up. But uh, let's uh, take a hard left turn away from Final Fantasy for a while, because Blue Star, you've got a game that uh, you just love to grumble about. I do. Uh, so my game that I love to grumble about is Katamari Forever. What? I... What? How can you hate Katamari? I... Forever. Forever. I hate it forever. forever. Um, So why did I get this game? I actually got it as a Christmas gift when I first got my PlayStation 3, along with Eternal Sonata, which is a vastly superior game. Um, Those are two different games. (laughs) Yes, yes, that is is how that worked, Kingslime. My parents said that they heard that it was super wholesome, super cute, and super relaxing, so they picked it up and were like, yeah, let's, we're you know new system we're kind of shot in the dark as far as all of this goes um and you know i just was digging through like what is my oldest trophy timestamp on my playstation and it's like 2011 so that would be about the time that i was playing this game i never beat it and i'm honestly not sure i even beat the first level because of the (laughs) verbal abuse i received upon completing it the king of the cosmos is a very stern ruler he sucks (laughs) He made me cry. <laughs> I never, I never knew if I was act like, like you know, you think the game is super simple. All you do is roll up stuff, and I never knew if I was doing it right because of how mean the King of the Cosmos was. And you know, as an anxious thirteen-year-old that was like already going through all of the things that thirteen-year-olds go through, I did not need more of that dog pile. So I that is one of the few games that I ended up actually taking back to the store and trading back in. As far as anything that I liked about the game, I mean, I didn't really play enough to say just because I was like, I don't understand. Um, <laughs> it's a very weird game. It, it had pretty colors, I guess. I mean... <laughs> So what, what kind of verbal abuse did it have? Like, what, what, what was this well, king basically, saying? Basically, every 
time you finished a level, he was like, that was awful. What the heck are you doing with yourself? <laughs> and I'm like, I just was doing what you told me to do. And why is that bad? <laughs> what can I do to do, do to be better? It's like, no, this is awful. Even if you did very well, I feel like the king would still be like that. So yeah, how he's, are you supposed he's pretty to- rough. How are you supposed to know if you're doing what you're supposed to? His comments change depending on how well you do in a level. Oh, if you I do see. Re- if you do really well and like you really exceed his expectations, um, at least from the first game, he'll be like, we are moved to tears by this. It's so beautiful. We can't believe you did it. It's so fantastic. Like he'll, he'll praise you and like Brown knows you so bad. But if you do anything below that, he's just like, well, it's good, but we could have done better. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you get off your throne and do it better? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a total dick, but you got to love to hate him because <laughs> he has such the, great comments. Is, is this a game where like you uh, you're kind of rolling around a ball of stuff that slowly snowballs bigger and bigger and bigger or something like yes. that? Yes. Yep. Yep. Oh, okay. That's the entire point of uh, Katamari. Uh, usually, I, I, well, at least the plot of the just first rolled over Waldo. <laughs> But yeah, like um, the plot of the first game was that the king accidentally destroyed all the stars in the sky. So he's making the prince go around and uh, rebuild all of them. And then eventually you have to rebuild like the constellations and even the frickin moon. So, (laughs) oh, geez. Yeah. I don't know if it's the same sort of thing with the other games. I'm guessing it probably is just like, oh, there's more stars that need made or oh, the king's at it again. You know, but I only ever played. You make stars with big piles of trash. Yes. It's Japanese, man. Don't question it. It's just that's how it is. Have you ever seen the intro to Katamari (laughs) Damacy? Oh, my God. Nope. It's goofy. These games have, like, really good soundtracks, actually. Like, um, I played through uh, Katamari Damacy Reroll, which is the remaster of the first game, uh, a lot last fall. Oh, my God. God. I I found myself, like, just revisiting levels just to hear songs again, because there's some really good songs from these Katamari games. Oh, my God, they just picked up a dude, and his little legs are, like, kicking. Like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you pick up, like, anything, like animals, people, babies, um, random objects, landmarks, all sorts of shit. See, that baby probably had a future. (laughs) Yeah, but now it gets to be part of a star. It's it's like a Luma from Mario Galaxy. That's awful. I know, but that's what makes it so funny, because it's just like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> I mean, if someone doesn't like the gameplay, I totally understand, because it's yeah. kind of weird to control, too. But y- you got to just enjoy the silliness, you know? <laughs> like, one of my favorite things that you can roll up in the first game is you find a like a wannabe superhero fighting a wannabe Godzilla, and you roll the two of them up there, and it's like called the Dynamic Battle. That's the name of the item. <laughs> You know, it just it's not it it's very silly. Not silly enough for Blue to keep playing. Oh, I was watching seeing if the king was gonna say something, but it, this gameplay thing just went straight to the next level. Oh yeah, there's even some of the levels where you actually get to roll up the king and somehow he escapes from the Katamari and it's like, whew, that was close. One more second, I would have been part of that star. <laughs> yeah, I'll just take stick to Dragon Quest and battling Calamari instead. Calamari forever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I just watched like four minutes of game footage, and yeah, that, that did nothing for me, Blue. So, uh, good pick there, I guess. <laughs> Eternal I, Sonata was way better, right? My hatred of it has absolutely nothing to do with the gameplay. It's literally just the fact that they were mean to me. <laughs> hey, that's you gotta, you know awesome. what? You gotta have your something to hang your hat on, and if that thing is yelling at you, then no. 
You, well, you, you know, should check I, I, out the music at least, Blue. You'd probably like it since um, you know you're you're really into music as well as I am. There's there's some pretty good soundtracks and some pretty good uh, instrumentation. Like um, from mm-hmm. the first game alone, like they have like the main theme, um, Katamari on the Rocks, but they kind of remix it into different styles of music. Like there's um oh god, what are they? There's like a like a mambo version. There's like a more um, relaxed, chilled version. There's one that's like kind of like a soft jazz version. It's pretty cool actually, and it's all with live instruments. So. I mean, if that—that's the one thing. Even if you don't want to play the games, like I'd at least say, "Hey, go check out the soundtracks. They're, they got some pretty good pieces to them." So, uh, your recommendation is to roll with the soundtrack. Yep. Ooh. All right. Yeah. <laughs> there, real, like there, there really are some good pieces of music. I'm not just trying to, you know, like, I, I am being serious. There are some really good pieces, and some that I've even listened to like outside of the game via YouTube and stuff. So, I'd, I'd recommend that at least. You know. A very well-recommended rebuttal there. All right. Well, let's see. Who we're gonna? You know what, Yanga? Since you were talking, I, I, I was going to go out of order here. But let, since you're talking, let's have you go right next. All right. Might as well rip the Band-Aid off. Uh, yeah, I think I think this one might be a little bit uh, of a lengthier topic. So uh, let's do it. Yeah, I'm only doing Maybe one. Maybe not. No, I'm only doing one. So we're just going to... I'm going to keep this... I kept this fair as I could. I was writing this all up elsewhere. But, you know... Well, I, I think everybody but me will probably agree with. Uh, well, well, not. I will agree with you, and everybody else probably won't. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, the, the thing I'm going to talk about tonight it's the Persona series. We'll just rip that bandaid off. So I'm just going to preface this by saying that I have been a fan of Atlas for a very long time. Like when I was a kid, the first way I discovered them was with Snowboard Kids 1 and 2 on the Nintendo 64. Uh, 2 in particular being one of my favorite games on the system to replay all the time. Uh, Later on in junior high and high school, I found out about them again and kind of got reacquainted with the company thanks to stuff like Etrian Odyssey. And I found out about them and really started getting into one of their uh, most well-known series, Shin Megami Tensei, thanks to Strange Journey, which was advertised in Nintendo Power once. They had this big article talking about the characters and monsters. And and really, it just caught my attention because of how different it seemed for an RPG. I wasn't super familiar with Dungeon Crawlers at the time, other than playing a little bit of Etrian Odyssey 3. So uh, seeing another one like this and having, uh, you know, such being set in such a strange world, which hence the title of the game, uh, it just really kind of caught my eye. I eventually got a copy of it, played it, and just enjoyed the heck out of it. Uh, I then started going into uh, some of the other entries, particularly from the PS2 era, uh, like Nocturne, the, Di- the Digital Devil Saga games, Raido Kuzanoha, and two of them that I picked up were Persona 3, um, Fez, and Persona 4. Uh, a lot of these games, when I bought them at the time, were only like 20 bucks brand new on Amazon. So, you know, I bought them all at once pretty much because, you know, they were so cheap. That was like 2011, 2012, something like that. Anyway, um, I had picked them up, and as I was looking through the series, I kind of saw people were talking about Persona a lot more than the others. I'm like, okay, well, you know, kind of looked into it. So I was more story-focused, a little more character-focused, still had sort of the same gameplay ideas and, you know, some key differences. So I'm like, okay, fine, you know. Check it out. Uh, I played through a Persona 4. It, there wasn't a whole lot that I would say that made me go like, wow, this game is, uh, you know, super good. But there was stuff that I really did enjoy about it. And there were a few of the thing elements to it, like some of the social links and stuff like that for particular characters that I did find myself liking. Uh, but it just really wasn't a game that made me go, oh, you know, this was you know, like the best RPG I've ever played. And if people really liked it, you know, that's fine. You know, I didn't have anything against it. Uh, started playing some of the other ones, um, you know, checked out one and two, uh, particularly the two duology. I wasn't a super big fan of the gameplay in those ones, but I did really like what they did with the story and the characters in those ones, particularly um, the Persona 2 
duology. And I liked how the titles of those games played into um, like how the first one's called Innocent Sin, the second one's called Eternal Punishment. And when you play them back to back, you realize why the games are called what they are and uh, why they have those particular subtitles. But, you know, just really enjoyed what those games um, had to offer for the story and character stuff. And it's like, okay, that's pretty cool. Uh, played Persona 3 one year for my winter break uh, from college one year. I don't remember what year it was, but I got through the entire game during my winter break, which was um, through most of the month of January. And Persona 3 was one that I really did like. Like, that was one of those games from the series and just from an Atlas RPG where it was like, okay, that was pretty good. Some of those, some of the choices to it, like characters you couldn't fully control, was kind of weird. Like it was like Dragon Quest Four or Dragon Warrior Four <laughs> for the NES, where you couldn't like um, uh, manually control characters; you just had to assign them tactics, and that's what they, you know, that's what they had. Uh, but I, I still enjoyed, you know, still enjoyed what it did. I really liked how they handled the characters in the story, and you know how they had the setup for the final boss, and you know made it clear right away, like oh, you know, this is what we're going for. They had some twists along the way, but. Um, I just liked how the whole narrative flowed and the characters and everything. Um, one of my particular favorite characters from the game being uh, Shinjiro, who you get to join about halfway through the game, if I remember right. I mean, the games are super long, so I don't know what halfway through is. But, um, you know, there, there were characters that I did find myself really liking in story parts to it, that one in particular. Well, while this has all been going on, me playing through it, I started having a lot of more interactions with the Shin Megami Tensei fan base as a whole. And I started to notice that there were a lot of um, Persona fans that were, we'll just say, a little more vocal than others. Uh, a lot of times, if I ever voiced any sort of complaint that I had, like, um, or whether it was just a personal preference or um, just something that I just wasn't a super big fan of for whatever reason, and I would say something... It was always like a nuclear bomb had went off because anytime I voiced a, an opinion about something that I just didn't think worked that well, it was like just I was just getting like everybody down my throat and it just was really kind of getting on my nerves after a while. Um, things really well, finally the kind of what broke the camel's back was with Persona 5. So at that point, I had played most of the games, like I said, wasn't really big on the series, but I enjoyed enjoyed them enough for some of the stuff they had. So when Persona 5 came out, one, it was a big new Atlas RPG at the time. And, you know, being an Atlas fan, I'm like, okay, you know what? This is not the series for me, but I'm going to pick the game up and check it out because, you know, it's a you know big brand new Atlas RPG. And, you know, I want to see what it does to uh, kind of change the formula. So I picked the game up a few days after it launched, uh, started going through it. Um, was a super big fan of that. It took about five hours before you really started to actually get to explore the first major dungeon of the game. And um, that's kind of where the cam where the camel's back started to break, as I said. So a denizen who used to be around on the Dragon's Den at the time, he's no longer around, uh, was also playing the game at the same point. And I had made that comment on the Den saying that, oh, I just wasn't a big fan of how long this intro took. Just really wasn't my thing. I then proceeded to get several posts from him telling me that my opinion was wrong and that I shouldn't be complaining about that. And the one that really pissed me off the most is that he then tried to be like, oh, well, you can't be complaining about Persona 5's intro because you like Dragon Warrior 7's intro. And I mean, if you like that one, you can't possibly hate on Persona 5's. I mean, that's not I mean, that's not fair. You can't be doing that. You can't say like one over the other. And it just fucking drove me insane that I, that was happening because, yeah. Yeah, Dragon Warrior 7's intro is super long, but from the get-go, you're moving around, you're going around to town, people, talking to them, you get into the um, the mysterious fan, and you start doing all the puzzles and everything, and you really get into uh, 
uh, part of the meat of the game itself. Not you know, you still have to do some walk around and talking before things really start getting moving and before you get to battles. But I just found it really weird. He's making this comparison because Persona kind of more so makes you sit and watch through cutscenes and kind of railroads you sometimes. Whereas you know, with Dragon Warrior Seven, just because of this comparison. You know, you kind of get your moment to start running around and look at the world and everything. And it just really was one of those times where I'm just like, I, I that was kind of where I just was finally like, okay, fuck this series and fuck this fan base. I can't, I can't do it anymore. I did finish Persona 5. I thought the game was good. Wasn't anything that made me like super impressed again. A lot of the characters I really honestly did not give a shit about. Some of them I did. And the gameplay side, like the gameplay side of things was still really good. Like I loved how they changed up the dungeons and how they changed uh, some of the stuff in combat. I was really glad to see that they actually expanded out the options for elemental damage with two new ones. Um, uh, like one of them being nuclear, which is a, which is a, a callback to persona one, which is pretty cool to see that. And there were some interesting ideas with the whole, um, metaverse or whatever they called it. And, like, there was stuff I did like about the game, but there were just so many times, like, any time I fucking complained about something in the game that I wasn't a fan of, I always had people shitting on me for it, whether it was on the Den or on GameFAQs or anywhere else. And it just was such a problem with the other games when I would talk about stuff, even stuff that was just a minor nitpick on my part of something that I wasn't a personal fan of, that it just got to the point where I'm like, okay, fuck this. I don't care anymore. You know what? I don't care. It's like when Joker was announced for Smash Brothers Ultimate. I felt so mixed because it was so cool to see an Atlas character finally join. But at the same time, I just felt like, oh my god, seriously, this is the shit we're getting. And I and I do want to say, even though I've got my problems with the series or with the fans, and you know, if that's a stupid reason not to like the series, then fine, that's a stupid reason. I don't care. But like, I don't think that the Persona games themselves are bad RPGs by any means. Like, I think the gameplay is fun. I totally get why people would like the stories and the social links and things like that. Maybe you know, if they like the calendar system, because I, there are some elements of that that I did enjoy. And like I said, I really love the combat and stuff. Like even with the Persona three and four, for example having like the more uh mystery dungeon sort of aspect where the floors would change all the time when you played them like that was so uh, fun to do that because there was always new stuff to discover and plus i like the mystery dungeon games like um uh, pokemon mystery dungeon anyway so that part was fine but it just it's just one of those things that it's just kind of built up over the years and i just finally got to the point where i'm like okay i'm fucking done i don't care anymore and i i don't think that the series is bad by any means but jesus christ man i think this honestly might be one of the like this series might honestly have one of the worst fan bases out there because if you don't agree and have like the hive mind mentality you get shit on so fucking bad and i hate it i absolutely hate it oh and yeah. i hate that fucking oh, yeah. atlas is so bad about like when they were bought out by Sega or by sega sammy after um uh index corporation uh, went bankrupt. Like, I had to stop following Atlas uh, stuff because they posted about Persona every other fucking day. It got just so annoying. Then they had releases like uh, Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey Redux where they just kind of were like, oh yeah, here's the game. Like, no special edition of any kind, even though it's supposed to be for the 25th anniversary, which was kind of a slap in the face considering the, like, two games that came before it. Um, uh, what was it? Um, the sequel to Legend of Le the Alliance Live um, and Radiant Historia uh, Rechronicled or whatever it was called. You know, they got these big box editions and then the two fucking games that came after it, 
uh, Etrian Odyssey Nexus, which is a much, much less popular series. Fucking I hear that game's pretty edition. unpopular, too. Yeah, and, and even Persona Q2 got a big boxed edition, and that was super late in the 3 DS's life cycle. So it's just kind of this combination of things, honestly, and I, I realize that I'm ranting at this point, and I know a few people know that I'm not a huge fan of the series, and I do know that sometimes when people talk about, you know, they're just giving me shit and kind of poking at it, but God, this fucking series just drives me nuts. I cannot... I can't emphasize it that I just really just do not like talking or hearing about this series, but since we're talking about games we hate, I figured, hey, might as well fucking talk about Persona since it drives me nuts. <laughs> but yeah. you that want to direct criticism about Yangus at this, uh, hit up the DMs at Riamu Celestrian on Twitter. He'll take care of it. <laughs> He's got it all. Yeah. Yes, but how that's dare you department. talk about a series you hate on an episode about games we hate? Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, I, I do understand why it has its appeal to people. And, I you know, it being, you know, a big selling franchise for Atlas, you know, it is cool. But it, it's just one of those parts of the Shin Megami Tensei family tree that I'm just not a big fan of. Gameplay-wise, and the combat and dungeon stuff, I love it. I think it's great because it's that same kind of gameplay that drew me to the series in the first place. But, Jesus Christ, man. Hey, man, there are you, some know, things that just, you know what drove me up the wall? Is when they did the whole um, Fire Emblem cross Shin Megami Tensei, and then it just felt like it was a fucking Persona game. That was time. an awesome game! Shut your mouth! <laughs> exactly what I'm talking about. I, I wanted to write a whole essay on that for RP Gamer. Twice I sat down to do it and was like, no, I don't, I don't need to do this. This is way too long to spill out. But like, that is the Persona game I want. I, I mean, I've only played one Persona game, numbered game. I've only played Persona 4, but I've played all the dancing games. I've played Persona Q1, Persona Q2. So I've played more side entries than there were even, like, entries in the Persona series. Um, I did get through, like, the first 12 hours of Persona 5 and then got another game to review and never went back to it on PS4. I'm, one day I'll do this. I'm, I'm kind of in the boat with Yangus. Ugh. Um, I, I've played Persona. You're going to go nuclear like the uh, skill that they added to Persona I've, 5? I, I've played Persona. I've played Persona 2. I've played Persona 3. I played part of Persona 4 when it originally came out on the PS2. But me not finishing it wasn't due to hating it. It was just due to life events at the time kept me from finishing it. Mm. But um, the Persona fan base then compared to the Persona fan base now and how Sega puts Persona on a pedestal compared to Shimagami Tensei or even Etrian Odyssey, it's like it's fucking disgusting, man. And then the fans are the fans are so, so goddamn entitled. Like, thank, thank you. Thank you. Oh, my God. It is just like. I don't even want to play Celestrian. I don't even want to play Persona Five because of this. Like I just abjectly refuse at this point. That's yeah. it. I'm restarting tonight. So I got. I got to <laughs> go back to. <laughs> so you talking about that? I got to go back to that one Denison who I was mentioning before. So this same person, like when I beat Persona Five, it took me Call about three out. months. Call him out. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say names. It's not. It's somebody who's not around anymore. It's just. It's. It's someone who has disappeared from the den. But um, I'll. I'll well, I mean, like, that I'm, narrows I'm it down to pretty much like. <laughs> we're not gonna say names. Ninety-nine percent of people who ever registered. So good luck, fans, finding out who that is. Yeah, we're just, we're just <laughs> not gonna say names. But uh, this person, it took me about three months to beat the game. Uh, I get to the point where. 
you know, I beat it. I posted about it. And the person who had fucking defended this game like to high heaven, uh, I'm still friends with them on uh, my PS4. Uh, yeah, guess what? They still haven't even beaten that stupid <laughs> fucking game. And they were constantly being like, no, this game is amazing. It just got cool fucking colors. It's got cool fucking stories. <laughs> and it's like, you fucking piece of shit. You can't even beat this stupid game you've been defending to high heaven. It's like, you don't get off your high horse. I have a very limited. I was going to say, is there. The first time I played it was right before Royal came out. I gotta see if I can stream that to my Vita. I, I think that's how it's gonna get me to do it this year. You can probably stream that game to Vita. I would not be yeah. surprised if you couldn't. I'll tell you what, I did Dragon Quest uh, Monsters Heroes 2 to my Vita. And wow. in my house, it streamed okay. I didn't have any problem. Nice. Yeah, so, I yeah, had a, I like... had some, I've had some fighting games that actually stream pretty well to my Vita when I used to do that. Mm-hmm. Like with Guilty Gear, um, Xard. I mean, that for as um you know action heavy as that game is, I was actually really surprised how you know strong the quality of the stream was. And I'm guessing with Dragon, uh, was it Dragon Quest Heroes too? That it probably had some pretty good connection uh, for yeah. you too, Platy. We, we had to upgrade our connection a few years ago because they told us where our location was. We had to have like high speed plus or whatever for only five dollars more a month. We can't leave you on the old basic high-speed plan so we have decent internet i have a I mean, I have that's probably very, the oh go ahead go ahead pendy i was just gonna i was gonna say i have very limited experience with the franchise I, i've only played the first one uh the first persona and i got my butt kicked a bunch a bunch so i was like okay screw this game and i haven't i haven't played <laughs> any of them since <laughs> I was gonna say, that's really they, my they bad do. for for I, I mean I don't the first one was on what the PlayStation One yeah uh, yeah that was Liam uh, just finished that a few months ago I was not I was not uh, doing well in that game so I was like yeah screw it so I, I think um, if I try the series again I'll probably end up doing like four or five people yeah or maybe even three people say that's a better entry point so I'll, maybe I'll, I'll try it again three was, three was pretty decent make sure you play the FES the FES version of it that's like the expanded version oh okay. Or if you can play the PSP version, because that one lets you have full control over everybody. So yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, oh. that's what like, I'm gonna do. I don't, I don't need 30 hours of extra content at the end. Yeah. So I'm gonna skip that FES version. And uh, yeah. actually, my work accidentally bought the uh, uh, PSP version for me one day. Whoopsies. Oops. Yep. Sorry, sorry, I left the school credit card. Yep. Sorry, I left the school credit class. card connected to my PayPal, and then. PSN through PayPal through you know, you know whatever. Yeah, yeah. I were like, but it's not bad. But no, I you know, Yangus, I, I totally agree with you. The reasons that you uh, don't like it, I, I'll be honest. Like I, nobody online cements my opinion on anything. As a matter of fact, I'm more likely to uh, do exactly the opposite of what people have. So if, you know, Persona fans are getting like mad and whatever at others. And I'll be honest, I don't go anywhere you see this. That you mentioned the den. I've never seen anybody like go hard for Persona, um, but then again, I go like nowhere except for like our Discord and the RP Gamer Discord and you know Twitter. I stay out of that and Reddit is hell and you know Twitter so, and Reddit are hell. Yeah, hell on earth. So uh, and even there, I severely limit who I see or what I look at. Like it's like I'm directly looking for something, so I never see like all of that stuff. So I, I'm glad I've stayed away from the fan base. Um, I, like I said, I beat uh, Persona 4 Golden. I would put that in like one of the top five games I've ever beaten. Um, I loved it that much. 
Uh, I do love all the music for the games, which is hilarious because, you know, Yangus will tell you, anybody will tell you, I play 90% of games on mute, and Yangus gets pissed. He's like, ah, oh, it's J-pop, it's Persona. Platy's going to love it. And uh, he's not wrong. I mean, <laughs> there's a reason he says it. He's not well, wrong. See, so is... I, I do like the the battle themes from the different games. And like, I, I mean, I've blown through all three of the dancing games. Now, I'm, I'm no uh, Evan. I'm no Eel. I don't play them for, you know, every difficulty level. But uh, I, I roll credits. And to do that, I got to play through each song at least three or four times. But uh, I've enjoyed those all. And the Persona 1 and 2, the Persona Q 1 and 2, um, really liked those. They go you know, crazy with all the characters in them, but I'm just there for the gameplay at that point, the gameplay and kind of the music for those. I can't really wrap my head around, oh, hey, you know, here's three full cast of characters, because who cares? Um, <laughs> but I did really love uh, Persona 4 Golden. Got that, played that right away when I bought my uh, Vita. And the battle systems, I know, Yangus, you said it, it's good gameplay. I really like the gameplay um, for that. I've kind of... I got kind of lean the other way. Like I've only played uh, SMT four and I got so lost in there and was just like that. The story was so bizarre and I, I, I've kind of hung my whole opinion just on that one game. Um, although I got Nocturne, so I'll give that a try. Um, pick that up on a good sale. So we'll, we'll see that if that happens, but I definitely want to get to uh, persona three or persona five uh, Royal this year. See if the, uh, See if they stick as well, because I, I wouldn't call myself a huge fan of Persona, but eh, I played a bunch of the side entries. I would not be the one yelling at Yangus anywhere for finishing a game, except for Etrian Odyssey Nexus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, one day. You, you brought it up. You brought it up. <laughs> I you walked right into that one. <laughs> and talking about walking places, hey, let's talk about the best walking simulator out there. Brurian, you've got a game where uh, people walk around quite a bit, right? While taking a breath? Uh... Actually, this is going to be an audio, audio essay on why I really do not like Dragon Quest XI. <laughs> what? Oh, Sudden my God. Get out. Plot twist. Hot, hard <laughs> turn. <laughs> I, hear, I, hear the, I hear the mob gathering their pitchforks. They're right in the ah. No, 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 no. Those Dragon my, Quest my, oh, okay. are the worst, man. We'll, 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 go to, uh, we'll go to the other. We'll, we'll flip that coin. Actually, my game is Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Now, let me preface this with... I am not a Legend of Zelda fan. I have not been a Legend of Zelda fan. I have never been a Legend of Zelda fan, despite every friend who is into video games ever since I was young has tried to get me into these games. I just never got into them, no matter which ones I played. I won't I won't uh, try and get you into them, so you're safe with me. <laughs> get out here. So, not my yeah. <laughs> Breath of the Wild came around. You know, I... I Despite me not liking Legend of Zelda games, I think I have played most of them because everybody goes, yeah, give them a try. You'll like them. And it's always like I get halfway through it. And I'm like, nah, this isn't doing anything for me, boss. But this one is Breath of the Wild. Now, I only played this game because a friend gave this to me as a gift. So I felt kind of obligated to play it. And it was the old Wii U version. He sent me a copy back in mid to late 2018. So about that's about the time that uh, I played it. Um I never actually beat the game. I think I got through two or three of the Divine Beasts, but I got stuck on some island that stole all my gear and refused to give it back until I did some tasks to finish the, the, the whole island with no gear. So at that point, I was like, see you later, game. I'm not enjoying this, and I have no motivation to uh, get off this island. But um, 
basically what bugs me the most about this game is that it's an open world game. I don't like open world. I don't like open world. I don't like survival. I don't like crafting. I hate open world games. They always pride themselves on exploration, but I'm way more into linear progression in my games, like with Final Fantasy games. Give those to me all day long. Nom, 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 nom. Feed, I'll spoon, drink the linear progression. Spoon Good feed job. me that linear progression with character development. I love it. Sandboxes are not my jam, and this is exactly what it is. It's a Zelda game in a sandbox, but done way worse. I don't like that the dungeons are scattered to the wind and a fraction of, you know, it's a fraction of what they are to previous Zelda games, right? Sometimes you go to do one task or fight in one of these uh, dungeons, and that's it. Uh, they force you to explore this open hellscape of nothingness to find the progression route. I hate that. <laughs> when you have zero attachment to a particular series, when the game wants you to explore and has lots of Easter eggs for fans, it doesn't do much for you. I felt nothing the whole time I'd spent playing this game. I only played it for as long as I did because, like I said, it was gifted to me and I felt obligated to play it. Now, saying all that, I will say that the color palette for that game is really nice. I like the watercolored styled graphics. I like it when things are more stylized, and this game does have that going for it. But other than that, I don't give a shit about this game. <laughs> Uh, and you know what? My my one complaint about the game, because I've never played it, never touched it, but I don't like that graphic style at all. Like, <laughs> I, I, I loved and played Hyrule Warriors with my kids, uh, the original one, so much, uh, the definitive edition on the Switch. And then we got Age of Calamity, and I'm like, what the hell is this freaking graphic shit? I don't, I don't want to deal with that. Like, we rolled credits, and my son had, like, like, my... My kids were all excited to do all like the post game stuff. They're like, look, there's like half the things we haven't done yet. And I was like, yeah, you just tell me when you want to do that. And they never brought it up. Neither did I. <laughs> and they, nope, they not buying it. any DLC for that shit. <laughs> they sensed it. They're like, oh, dad's not a fan of that one. Yeah. It drives me up the fucking wall because everybody is always just like, no, nah, you just haven't found the right Zelda game. And I'm like, I have played almost every fucking Zelda game and I hate them all. Please stop suggesting these. Yeah, it gets annoying after a while, I'm sure. Look at that. People suggesting stuff, people liking stuff. We don't like people liking stuff and telling and it's us not, that we have to like it. And too. I don't actively try to hate this game. It's like, I'm glad you enjoy it. It is not for me. I do not yeah. enjoy it, but I don't hate it at the same time. Mm -hmm. Points to podcast title. about things we love to hate. <laughs> How you, know do what you, else, you know what else I hate, Blue? What? Your internet dropping off on you? <laughs> Yes, to think about it. <laughs> it's me, isn't it? <laughs> it's Amaria. <laughs> He's looking at a picture of blue on a dartboard right now. <laughs> just throwing those darts. And blue's just like, my head hurts. <laughs> my head does hurt. See? Fucking cut. It's all that water you're drinking. That's what it is. That quote-unquote Water. We're, we're, we're all water. healthy here drinking alcohol, and, and Blue's all like, oh, I'm just drinking water. And who has the headache? That's right. That's right. The one not drinking alcohol. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, um, Zelda, Zelda, ga Zelda games are, to me, what Persona games are to Yengis, basically. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. My, my best friend is a hardcore Zelda fan. He doesn't try to, like, convert me to this like everybody else does. He knows that I am not into it, and he's just like, that's cool, man. I like it, and you don't. And I'm like, thank you, because you are a mature person 
who doesn't spend their time trying to get people who don't like things to like things. Because you know what? That is how you create entrenchment. Because the more you try to convert me, the more I dig my heels in. Yep. Yep. Ooh. All right. Well, uh, so... That is that is the whole goal. We'll event, you'll you're, you'll eventually dig your heels in so deep that you'll be so powerful as the most notorious anti-Zelda person ever. <laughs> the thing is, is, I don't even advertise that I don't like it until somebody asks me what I don't like. That's <laughs> the power in it. Yeah, um, seething will, hatred. It's a secret from everyone. Uh, but I, I will say, Brewerian, um you know, when I first played Breath of the Wild... I kind of was felt like mixed to. I'm like, what the hell is this? This is, you know, I knew what the game was, that was going to be really different from other Zelda games, and I'm not really a huge fan of open world games either. But um, as I kept playing Breath of the Wild, it did uh, finally made me go like, oh, you know, this actually is pretty fun. Because what was it? I got to Kakariko they Village, and then got it, you. It clicked with me then. They but got you. There are a few open world games that I have liked, like um, Red Dead Redemption 2 was one that I got on a chance, and it's actually a lot of fun, and I really liked it. And I found myself just kind of liking it for the same reason, or I like like Breath of the Wild for the same reasons I liked um, Red Dead 2, just could, you know, just for more so like the exploration stuff, you know. We kind of talked about that when we did our last um, uh, episode together, you, when you and I did the Dungeon Encounters one. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just kind of like the more exploring things. I'm not really a fan of, I'm, I'm still not a fan of um, uh, sandbox, like open world kind of games, but... I don't know, there was just something about Breath of the Wild that clicked with me. But, you know, if it didn't click with you or with some other people, then, you know what, I you know completely understand it. Because it, it's, it's not going to be for everybody, if you're not being a Zelda either. So. I just so inherently dislike open-world games because, because it is a good excuse to not do a lot of content development for a game. And that's what a lot of these open-world games end up being, is they, they, they kind of just put little things here and there and it is never enough to justify what they're trying to do mm-hmm. like i can't i i can't even think of a good open world game that i have played because most of them fall into this thing of oh it's open world you can non-linearly go wherever and do whatever you want until you find the next thing to do and it's like i don't want to do that give me a cutscene and tell me where to go next I mean, yeah, I mean, that's why, like, I'm not totally against open world games. Like, I, I don't mind farting around in a, a GTA game. I, I should probably check out Red Dead, too, because that seems pretty cool. But, like, that, that's a big reason I don't like Western RPGs, because a lot of Western RPGs are kind of a more open world concept. God, they love doing that shit over yeah. here, I swear yeah. to God. And yeah, I like I like how, yeah, and I like JRPGs, how it's a little more linear. Uh, like, you know, you get some... Um, openness like dragon quest like it opens up and you can explore and stuff like that but i don't like it when it's like the entire game is just like go wherever the fuck and you and you just gotta kind of figure it out and get lost and i just don't like that i understand how people people are into that but me personally i don't like that and that's a big reason why i'm not into western rpgs for the most part i like the more linear aspect of jrpgs that that they tend to do yeah and that's why i've never really been a p or never found like the appeal of like any of the ones at Ubisoft or um oh gosh what's the other company I'm thinking of it there's another ah, well yeah. anyway maybe them anyway there's a lot of like those open world games that when they or no um it's uh Bethesda that's what I'm thinking of is Bethesda oh. with like Skyrim and you know that kind yeah. of stuff because like when I was in um high school 
what was it like my as either my junior or my or my senior year that's when skyrim came out you know that was like the big thing you know everybody was playing it and checking it out and i remember watching it and i was just like this doesn't really seem you know that interesting like it just never appealed to me so it and that's just always been the case with me with um these open world type games it just just something doesn't click but like I said, I have found a few that are like, oh, I, you know, I kind of like this one, but it's never been enough to make me go, well, I should go check out these other open world games. You know, just like I, I'm good with just the few that I've played. You know, I found ones that I like. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I've never really been able to get into the Elder Scrolls games either. It just. You know why? Being... Because they don't they don't prior prioritize story over gameplay. They want you to go out and do all this random shit. And the yeah. story, the story is weak as hell comparatively to the actual gameplay itself and that is a big <laughs> thumbs down for me <laughs> and then you get like a lot of these western rpgs where you go to talk to like the townspeople and there's like a tw- like a 50 to 100 like dialogue tree of options that you can do you could just talk to this one dude forever and it's like no just give me like a couple of different things to say this is the town of whatever and i can then move along Instead of having like a, an hour-long conversation with you trying to figure out why the hell I should be talking to you. Like that always annoyed me too that I saw in some Western RPGs. <laughs> yeah. Too much. Uh, Overload. All right. Well, I'm going to go next and I'm going to take this away from Western RPGs and uh, go back to a JRPG that I Then do fight like. words. Yep. <laughs> I'm... I, I actually I don't know if you're gonna fight about this. I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start at the bottom of my list here. Uh, since uh, Pet Pendy brought up uh, Final Fantasy VIII, uh, I'm gonna go a couple even numbers higher and bitch about Final Fantasy XII. Um, <laughs> so I got this stupid demo that came. A freaking coaster came in my Dragon Quest VIII game. Um, I think we all got that. Well, me, Platy, and uh, yes. uh, Pendy probably did. Oh yeah, I yeah. got it. Oh, I got it too. Okay. I, I, I know you guys are a little bit younger than us, so. Oh. Well, uh, so <laughs> just real, just just real quick side story here. When I first got Dragon Quest Eight, it was a used copy, so you know it was just kind of an generic case. That copy kept break, or kept freezing up on me when anytime I made a good chunk of progress. So I had to get rid of it, bought a new copy, and it was one that did come in like the special box, and it had the um, the demo for Final Fantasy Twelve. But yeah, I do have that one. I'm glad I did yeah. that. Sure, it moved some copies. To be honest. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. So I was on a roll when I played this in, like, uh, 2007. Uh, I had just beaten, like, Final Fantasy 1 and 5 on the DS and the Game Boy Advance in the past, like, year or two. I had really loved Final Fantasy X, um, loved that battle system. So I figured, what the hell, you know? I-, I liked earlier Final Fantasies. I liked one of the latest ones. What could go wrong here? Well, let me tell you what went wrong. This game fucking ruined the series for me. Uh, I have not played... I haven't played a Final Fantasy in 14 years since this game came out. Um, or it, somewhere around there. I did try Final Fantasy IX last year and, like, peaced out in about three hours and was like, no, no, I'm finally... This is dead for me. This isn't This isn't what I want. Um, I've always kind of blamed Square Enix for promoting Final Fantasy over DQ forever. Um, over so here, a lot of this is out of oh, over here, yeah. So a lot of it, some of this is out of spite. A lot of this is out of spite, but I, I like, <laughs> I just, I, I don't stomach the idea of Final Fantasy at all. I am just a, I'm sorry, I'm a Final Fantasy hater. Um, I'm the opposite of a Final Fantasy fanboy. 
Um, but I, I actually went back and I looked up when this game got released and it got released in March of 2006. And then I looked up when I beat it in December of 2007. I'm like, you know, I, I don't think I would have let this game sit around that long. So um, my guess is I probably picked up this game used in the summer of 2007. Uh, back then, I was married to a pharmacist. Uh, we were rolling in dough and like I had nothing to do for like nine straight weeks in the summer. So I would like just pick up all sorts of games, give them a try and go. Um, but I, I actually spitefully beat this by December of 2007. And the biggest thing that bugged me, and it's a little like I, I've got this on my positives and negatives, is the whole Gambit system. Um, nowadays, I'm a coding teacher. Um, I love all the little codes and logic puzzles always have for years. And the way that it works in the game, the way you can set up your characters seems pretty cool. Like, I, it, you know, if you're below 20% health, then do this or whatever. And you can have all these gambits set up for people. Um, but son of a bitch, I just hated the game that it could play itself. Like, I have a very specific memory of sitting in the living room playing this on a brand new plasma 50, 60 inch TV back then, like, Wow, put the PS2 in there for just a couple weeks, and it was Halloween night. Lived in a neighborhood with lots of kids, and I was like, well, I'm just going to, whatever. I'm going to sit here. I can see the front door. Uh, anybody's knocking or whatever. And it, I don't think it was until that night, the amount of times I had to put down the controller and go walk to the door and then come back, and the number of times I like forgot to pause or go into a menu or whatever, the game just plays itself. Like I think it was that night that I realized, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I even playing this? It's playing itself. Good on me for setting up the gambits, but like I could just lean that controller, good old like Dragon Quest Eight casino tot, um, trick, put a little rubber band on it, put a book on it, lean the controller, and this fool can just run around and everybody will just die. And I'll gain a couple levels. I'll come back in a half an hour and be fine with it. Um, it and that's, I think, what took me completely out of that game. Now, honestly, I you guys are all talking about Western RPGs. One reason I don't like Western RPGs, realistic graphics. Listen, I want everything to be Dragon Quest. I want everything to be cartoony or pixelated or whatever. I don't... Give me stylized over as realistic yeah. as you can get it. Yes, I'm yeah. with you on that. I, I don't need... What's his name? Vaughn or whatever? Yeah, Vaughn. Like, okay, like, I get it. People like these graphics. They look good. But to me, I'm like, no, I don't I don't want to look at a regular dude just walking around with 10,000 belts and buckles on himself. Um, <laughs> I want cartoons, pixels, and bobbleheads. I want the anime belts aesthetic all day. Cool, though. <sighs> like, I, the anime nonsense gets turned up way too much for me in a lot of games. But I like the style of the graphics. Like, I want the cartoons. I want that style of something like I know I'm playing a game. I'm not controlling some guy running around in GTA just ripping off people's cars. Like, uh, <laughs> that's not what I'm looking for. When uh, I, I use video games to escape from the real world, I don't like, OK, I just dealt with all this shit today. Uh, do I really want to go steal a car? Because, you know, somebody at work just had their car stolen like that. No, I don't want to play that. I, I want to be in a fantasy world with knights and swords and whatever and <clears throat> or catch a little monster and raise him up and breed him with another monster and Dragon Quest monsters or something like that. I I'm going for an escape, and this game was just... God, it took forever. This was such a long game, and the license... The license board was cool. I like that. It gave choice. I could build people whatever I want. And I know the Zodiac version now, it's a little bit more limited. They tried to make people not 
all the same. Honestly, yeah, just the, like, yeah. The Zodiac system kind of changed it in the fashion of it would instead of giving you the whole big board, it would give you portions of the board based on the two jobs that you chose. Mm-hmm. And you know, whatever that might still be fine. I never played that version because I played the OG. Um, I, you know, I like the original Dragon Warrior Seven. I like making anybody anything I want. And just lumping every single spell at a time on somebody like, let's just overpower the hell out of this Um, compared to where the Dragon Quest 7 3DS version, you know, you could only use the spells in the job you were in outside of a couple ones or monster stuff. But no, I I like that license board being completely open. Like, let me do it. You know, if I want to give my uh, magic best magic person all the strength and axes and everything in the world, let's do it. But uh, gosh, what? What was the system where the you you were requested to do stuff, and like the side quest board? I guess it was. Was it the um, um, was it the hunt system that you would go to like the bar and pick up that you would yep. have to defeat the enemy, or was it the God. one where you had to go to the guild hall and get uh, like missions to do? I think I think it might have been the guild hall. First of all, I felt like I walked around in that game forever. I, did did fast travel ever pop up? I have no recollection of that. No, it didn't. And that was yep. uh, so. I'm gonna agree with you on the whole. Like there was no kind of overworld up for this game. You would just mm-hmm. move between areas. And guess what? It, they, they they tried to make it as MMO as possible, and I hated that about it. Because yes, yes, that. I, yep. Ugh, I you, no overworld, especially after coming off of like seven and eight. I, I think this was. I played 12 before I played 10, so I didn't know about all about 10 at the time. But I played 12, and I went, I went from having an overworld and going to all the different towns instead of just moving between areas, and I didn't mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Hey, I, I was going to say, I, I see that uh, Brewery and you and Blue have similar complaints here, but yeah, that's the end of my rant on Final Fantasy 12. I won't go on too long, because I, you know what? I see makings of good games there, but... It, that's not for me. I want to. I want to I, I have more turn-based combat anyway. I want to be able to have that aesthetic, that stylized, that cartoony feel to it. Um, and that's not what they were trying to do. So this shouldn't have been a game that I picked up anyway. But God damn you for putting that disc in freaking Dragon Quest Eight. <laughs> My biggest issue with Final Fantasy XII is you know what? I actually liked the story. It was nice political intrigue. While it looked really good for late PlayStation 2 graphics, it isn't generally mm-hmm. what I liked with graphics. Like you said, I like super stylized stuff. Mm-hmm. So I wanted something not as realistic as possible. That's never been my jam with games. But I really hated with the combat, like you said, with the whole Gambit system, as you set it up before going in, it completely takes away your autonomy in battle. It makes you utterly... You're basically just sitting there watching your you know, pre-programming... Uh, plans mm-hmm. and stuff like that and that's not what i like like the only time that you get the autonomy to do anything in battle is when you use items that's it the rest yeah. of the time it's just your gambits did you set it up oh you know you'd like you said oh if my health goes below 20 percent, use an item you know if uh if if a friend does this attack use this attack so on and so forth and the problem too there is you didn't just get a list to choose from. You had to do side content or go and buy these gambits from like a dozen yes. different places across the game. So it wasn't even like if you didn't do specific things, you could miss good gambits, which makes me hate it even more because it makes you no, play it even less. No, I feel like that's why I – yes, I felt like I did a lot more just to do a lot less. You're right. Yeah. Like that's what I was doing a lot of those damn side quests and whatever. Because you had to unlock 
those gambits. You had to go and you had to pay gil for them. Even though it was like 10 gil per gambit or whatever, you still had to buy them. And you still had to set them in. And and you would you could only set like so many gambits per person and that would change with time, I believe. Yeah, you had to unlock like the ability to use another one or something like that. Like, ugh, I just hated that system. This so let the more, me again, the more control. you played, the less you played. Yeah, the, the just <laughs> let me control the characters. Just let me do it. Yeah, that's this this kind of thing of just I fell off of Final Fantasy with this one. Like I really loved ten, uh, and then I had no interest in the MMO eleven. And then this one, I was just like, nope. And then 13 was even worse. And I remember hearing things like, oh, if the main character dies, then everybody dies and bullshit like that. And I was like, yeah, nope, not not for me. Final Fantasy has moved beyond my taste. I'll stick with the Dragon Quest and other games like it. I'm I'm good. So, Lou, I like your comments. What were you going to say about this one? (laughs) Yeah, so my brother was always the one who would, like, actually try to get into this game. Um, And... You know, we were actually just playing, we, we recently started Tales of Arise, and the first area in that is like a desert kind of thing. And, you know, we, we started it, and my brother made the comment, he's like, yeah, it, it feels like it starts in kind of a similar area to Final Fantasy XII, but the caveat is that you can actually leave that area, and it's not desert at some point. Um, just... It's, it's just all barren desert, and there's nothing there, accord- according to him. I barely remember anything. He's not wrong. <laughs> and the, the other thing he says that I think is really funny is that the characters, it's basically just discount Star Wars. Uh, so you've got discount Luke, discount Leia, discount Han Solo, <laughs> and discount Chewbacca, which I will uh, let you guess who discount Chewbacca is. Oh no! I discount, thought it was Angus. Discount, discount Han Solo was supposed to be the original main character, and for some reason yes. they go. And for some reason they were just like, people won't like him, so we'll put in Discount Luke instead and Discount Leia. People will like them way more. And that wasn't the case at all. Nope, nope. They should have just stuck with who they had first. Because okay, from just from someone who's not played that game, like and looking at the cast, like he's like um, not not Han Solo is like the coolest looking character that's part of that game. <laughs> and, he, and he just seems, I love and, I love how Yangus you haven't even played it and you can tell which one is not Han Solo. Yep. <laughs> well, if there's anything I've heard about that game um besides what the one comment I did want to make is that everybody talks about not Han Solo and the bunny girl. Uh Fran I think her name is. <laughs> yep. Fran but, is um, not Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> That's Chewbacca if you shaved off all the fur. <laughs> But um, that's what's underneath. Yep. But uh, what I was gonna say was, um, I haven't played this one, and I I've thought about it because uh, I've played most of the Final Fantasy games except for a few of the main series ones. Like um, I've had my problems playing through seven because it seems like every time I try to, something always happens to stop it. <laughs> but um, uh, twelve is one of them that I'd, I'd like to try and play at some point, you know, just to see if I enjoy it or not. But I've always heard that with twelve, it's interesting, um, at least from the story side of things, because it takes place in the world of Evilise, which is um, mm-hmm. from Final Fantasy Tactics. So yeah. at least like narrative wise and like you know world building wise, I've heard a lot of people say, "Oh, that's one of the like the coolest parts about the game." And um, even Vagrant though I have story as well, what's what what story? I'm sorry, Vagrant story as well takes place in Evilise. 
Okay, but um, yeah, I, I've heard that 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 at least like that sort of thing is interesting. So you know, even if I get the game and I do decide to play it, I like I would at least like to see you know what they do with like the world building kind of thing. Because um, I mean, it'll be like, fine. The game will play itself. You engage <laughs> with the story. It's cool. Well, <laughs> You got well, the right idea here, no good problem. It's that the game it, plays itself, because doesn't the super <laughs> boss have, like, an unholy amount of HP? Probably. Why would I have tried to beat a super boss? I, I rolled those credits and hit a jet. Yeah, that, yeah, it's like, the thing is too blue with that boss fight, because I've watched videos of it with people talking about it. Like, it takes a super long ass time that thing has like millions of hp there's a save point that's right outside the boss ring you can go to and save and then go back in to keep fighting it like it won't reset its hp it's crazy uh you know in any final fantasy game i have never had any interest whatsoever to fight any of those super bosses that they come up with i just i'm um nope 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 dragon quest i'll 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 fight the 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 bonus bosses but final fantasy i'm just like meh i'm not i just never interest me interested me at all at all all right well i think we'll wrap this one up because i we've been bitching about this for a while (laughs) um and if we're talking about super bosses that uh aren't really here with us now but uh have a lot of hp uh we're we're obviously talking about matt craft no that transition failed completely okay so uh but Sit back and enjoy the next 10 minutes. We got uh, Matt Craft uh, complaining about both Draken and Dragon's Lair. And when we come back, we will have uh, back to the top of our order. Pendy, we'll have you with your next game. No, no, stop it. I do not love you. No. I am, of course, talking about the much hated video game for both the SNES and the PC called Draken. Way back in the day, going to Blockbuster or insert video rental store from here, you might have seen it. The game cover had this really, really awesome looking dragon being summoned from an altar. It was cool. It just looked so cool. But it sucked. I played it the same weekend that I played Beyond Oasis for the Sega Genesis. I had basically broken my arm in half in an accident, and everyone just kind of felt sorry for me and bought, rented me a bunch of games. I kept dying in the first castle's moat over and over again until everyone said, look, just play something else. And it took me a long time to beat it. I beat it very many years later as an adult thanks to save states and extensive level grinding and game genie codes and yeah and what bugged me about the game i love you i love you i love you that's nightmares from the pc version which used voice clips of all things stop it just stop it it tried and failed horribly to be a point and click rpg for the snes and there wasn't There really wasn't anything to like about the game except for the overworld, and I'll go into that later. Everything tried to kill you. Everything. Everything. You could hit a random tombstone walking around the overworld, and for some reason, a giant and semi-well-animated panther head would pop out from the ground and start shooting little laser beams from its eyes at you over and over and you could put quotations around that like dr evil freaking laser beams killing you in the beginning of the game just because you didn't know where the hell you were going 
and at night, oh, 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 the constellations themselves would come down from the skies to kill you. You would see a little lion's head going, and you die horribly. The end. Game over. And as far as rebuttal, the sequel was a really, really good side-scrolling hack and slash. And the main thing it took from it was the best thing that came out of Draken in the first place, and that was the 3D overworld that ran smoothly and didn't even need the Super FX chip to do it. I dare say it looked almost as good as Star Fox. And as far as Draken, that is it for Draken. Dragon's Lair. I'm sorry, I can't, I really cannot do the old announcer from way back in the day. But Dragon's Lair was a coin-op brought out in the arcades in the, in my teens and early, early youngin' days. Fully animated by renowned animator Don Bluth. And you can thank Don Bluth for such classics as All Dogs Go to Heaven, Rockadoodle, and if I remember right, Great American Tale. Don't quote me on that. But being an arcade game, I never bought it. I played it in arcades when I was a kid forever. Like, whenever I saw it, I would get a few dollars and try and get as far into it as I could. And I played it way throughout my childhood and into my teens. I loved it. It was awesome. But my wallet absolutely hated it. I never had an allowance on the on the weekends that I could actually go play that game. And it eventually grew from an admirational love to a hatred of hell. I did finally beat it, though, in a pool hall when I was in my teens. It was, I think me and my brother went there a lot, and I just finally just said, screw it, and I played it, and played it, and played it, and everyone there just kept donating quarters until it was done. Now, the game itself is pre-rendered, which some of you understand, some of you don't. Basically, everything in the game is predetermined, and you just did the, uh directional button in the way that you wanted the game itself to go and then you would have a couple buttons for swinging your sword and whatever but the part that i hated about the game some people hated the chessboard some people hated the marble area you had a giant marble chasing you too i think that what yeah that was a chessboard but i hated the rapids like there was this little section of the game where you were on a set of rapids and i died there all the time didn't fail I sounded like the angry video game nerd, and I was young. Liking the game? Man, the game was entirely animated by Don Bluth. It was beautiful. It's still beautiful. Watch a Let's Play of it. Do not spend your money on it. It's a masterpiece in cinema. I just sucked at it. And rebuttal? Beyond... <laughs> There's no rebuttal for it. It, it was critically acclaimed... It had a spiritual successor in the sci-fi game titled Space Ace. Dragon's Lair had two sequels, and it actually had an animated series. There were console ports of the game, too. Do yourself a favor, never play the Nintendo version. Angry Video Game Nerd will tell you why. And thank you, Matt Craft. Uh, time to, we got you two in, and now to turn it back to Pendy. Pendy, what is your other game that you love to hate? Well, just one last final note on on twelve. Just before we get into that, I know we oh yeah we're talking about other games with Matt Craft, but I, I 
one thing that I have learned today is that I've been mispronouncing Ivalice for years. <laughs> I I always thought it was Ivalis, but apparently I'm I'm horribly wrong. As, oh, as no, I've heard it in way too many podcasts. As is the case with a lot of it, RPG names and terms. Oh, let me tell you, I knew nothing until about three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I loved it, Drogon Quest, but you know. Oh yeah, Dargon Quest, my favorite. Dargon Quest. Yes. Oh my god. Dargon Quest. That that was that's. I love bringing that joke back up. It's like, oh yeah, Dargon Quest. Yeah, it's a great series. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, my next game is Xenosaga Two. Leading up to this series, I loved the Xeno series. Xenogears had its had its flaws, but it was a lot of fun. Xenosaga One was terrific. It stood above the rest of uh, a lot of RPGs with a strong story and characters. Uh, actually, to some, it kind of, they say it overdid this aspect of the game. It had, well, a lot of cutscenes and a lot of dialogue, to put it mildly. Uh, this Ooh, is one of those yeah. games. Yeah, this is one of those games that critics back in the day lumped in with some of the JRPGs from around that time as a game that you watched instead of played. Um, a lot of games like Final Fantasy were incorporating cutscenes and FMVs and lots of dialogue, and a lot of people were starting to complain about that a lot. And Xeno Saga was at the top of many people's lists as one of those games that just a lot of watching compared to what you actually did and what you, what you did as uh, playing. But anyways, uh, and I understood that criticism, uh, but I loved this about Xeno Saga. I don't mind lots of cutscenes and dialogue if the characters and the story are engaging. Uh, and I loved everything else around the game as well, too. I loved the engaging, futuristic world that you explored. The battles were great. Your characters would either battle by themselves or in these gigantic mechs. And the combat was pretty simple and engaging. It was cool. But then they fucked it all up. <laughs> then came the sequel, Xenosaga 2. Xenosaga 2 is a continuing story with most of the same characters throughout. Uh, it ended up being a trilogy of games by the time it was over. Uh, so the great characters were still there, the engaging story continued, but they completely overhauled the battle system for no good reason. It didn't need to be done. The battle system in the first game was great. It was fun. And I don't remember any big complaint, complaints about it at the time when it came out. Uh, but in 2, they make the battle system much more complicated. You have three basic attacks, high, medium, low. All enemies and bosses are weak to a certain combination of those attacks. Once you figure out what combo weakens them, then they're called in what's a, a break. They get put in what's called a break state, where you can cause more damage at that point. Uh, and otherwise, if you're if you're not if you're not uh, in the break state, you really don't do much to them. But to be really effective, on top of that, you have to incorporate certain damage multipliers. Certain enemies are weak to like slash or hit or pierce attacks, and only certain certain characters in your party have that type of damage. Then on top of that, you put elemental weaknesses which only certain characters in your party have certain elemental attacks. Now, at the very least, you can swap in other characters with no penalty, like in Final Fantasy X, for example, but it's not like other games where if you don't take advantage of these weaknesses, oh well, I mean, you'll still be okay. But in this game, you have to figure out these combos and weaknesses, or even simple non-boss enemies will take forever to chip away at. Relative to other typical turn-based RPGs, it can be very difficult. And I, I just didn't like this. 
as a direct continuation of the first game, I hated that they made this difficulty hike out of nowhere. It's one thing to start a game from scratch like that, but not in the middle of a direct trilogy when you're dealing with the same characters. I think that they were afraid that even if it was pretty much the same playable characters that you were dealing with, people would get too bored if it was too similar to the first game. So, But I think they just went way too overboard on it. So I, I saw a lot of people complain about this aspect of the game. Now, despite all of this, I trudged through it, uh, similar to Final Fantasy VIII. I, I got through the whole game. In, in this case, it was because the story had grabbed me too much in the first one, and I was so curious as to how it would evolve. They, they had me. So uh, the story continued to be great, but the battle system was just so painful to me. By the time I finished the game, I was so thrown off by the battle system that I didn't play the third game for another 10 years, another decade. And, and that's even though that I knew that they went back to a battle system much more similar to the first game than the second game because people hated it so much. But I was just too exhausted by the second game to try and play the third one. It's a deci decision I still regret because I really did enjoy the third one when I eventually did play it. Uh, but yeah, I just, uh, the second game, I just did not like the battle system. It was just not for me. Uh, anyone else try these uh, try these games? So I, I played part of... I played part of the first one on on the PlayStation Two, but I kind of was I was kind of in the same boat with the a lot of the critics at the time of I like my linear progression, but this was feeling like Metal Gear Solid levels of here's tons and tons and tons of exposition with very little actual gameplay. Oh yeah, no. and it just it really rubbed me the wrong way. So I didn't even ever I never even gave Xenosaga Two a try, but by the time the third one came out, I I tried. I borrowed a friend's copy to play that one, and thank God that that third game had an entire encyclopedia built into it to oh, yeah. reference everything else before it. So you never had to play the first two again, basically. Yeah, I forget it was the second one or the third one actually, where it would like play all the scenes from the first game or the previous game to show you all the story, so that you could catch back, you could uh, get familiar with it if you weren't for some reason, which was interesting. Those games are incredibly dense. That is one of the, like, it rivals Metal Gear Solid in terms of story density. Oh, yeah, for sure. And and because, and like I said before, like, I really liked all the characters in that game. So it was very enthralling to me. And I know people, some people hate that where it's like, I don't want to watch a game. I want to play a game. That's what the whole point of a video game. But right. you know, it's, it's visual, it's visual media. So I like both. Like, if you can do... If you can do both, and I enjoy both aspects of it, then I'm good with that. I'll I'll sit forever and watch little cutscenes and stuff like that if it's fun. Like I think I would say, like um, we've talked about before, uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon has a lot of that too, and it's fun because it's good characters and it's a fun story. So well, I think it makes it more fun because it's all Dragon Quest references, and we're all <laughs> very much into that. So <laughs> true, true. All right. Well, talking about things that we're into. Um, we're gonna flip that on its head. Blue, what are you not into? Uh, I am very much not into League of Legends. Oh, fuck that game! <laughs> I'm well, glad you've, you you've insulted all of South Korea. <laughs> <laughs> and his honor is injured. Sorry, sorry, oh. South Korea. <laughs> I don't like that game. At I remember. All. I don't know much about that game, but I remember there was a coworker of mine that went, when we were both in South Korea, he went to one of. He was really into it, and he would go to the tournaments that they had in that country because they love that game. It's very big over there. 
I mean, it's big here too, unfortunately. Um, so why did I buy the game? I mean, it's not really a game that you buy. You can play the game mostly for free and then you just buy skins for characters, which is a strange business model, but it's it's cool. Um, Cosmetics are the hot thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I got the game because the guy I was dating at the time was really big into it. Um, and he wanted me to play it with him. So, like, I would try to get him to play Dragon Quest and he would try to get me to play League of Legends. And, you know, that, that was that was the trade-off. Um, that was a poor so, trade-off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason we are no longer dating. <laughs> and it is actually League of Legends. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> Even more reason to hate it. Yeah, let me absolutely. sit back and hear more. <laughs> Making my popcorn. Get myself a cup of tea. Yeah. So yeah, I I played. I I never played like very much in one sitting or one like spurt. Uh, it was like, but but it would have been between you know September of 2017 and November of 2020. And uh, the the question is, did you beat it? One does not simply beat League of Legends. <laughs> oh, please, no. You sell your soul to it until you die. That's how that business model works. And, Very much so. You know what bugged you most about the game? You know, you know the big the big thing might be that uh I am allergic to PvP. I just really don't like games in which the only other like the only goal is to be better than the other team. I'm very much an RPG, you know, let's let's go kill God or whatever. You like that PvE. Yeah, that's way more interesting to me. Also, that way I don't have to hurt anybody's feelings or get my own feelings hurt. Um, We're hurting a lot of feelings tonight. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, if no. you've made it this far into the episode and haven't like rage deleted the episode, thank you, listeners. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I'm going to upset some people with my Zelda uh, <laughs> rant. Oh, don't worry. I'm sure I pissed off a lot of RPG listeners when I was bitching about Persona. Don't worry. Yeah, Persona, Final Fantasy, Zelda. Like, we've hit some tent poles here. Blue, yeah, Blue had the microphone on mute cussing out uh, Yangus while he talked about Persona. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure if Evan listens to this episode, he'll be like, mother. <laughs> and then he'll make some joke about Ohio and I'll have to fight him. Well, so, 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 so blue. You can fight him you, in League of Legends. Was there anything He's you actually him. liked about it? You know, it, it, it was kind of fun, like when you were doing really well and when you were winning. But the thing is, is that never lasts very long. It's like you do well for one round and that one round is fun. And then it goes back to, you just like repeat the same thing over and over and over again. So it's just not, not, not super for me. And as far as the player base goes, yikes. Bunch of toxic assholes out there. Yeah, Yeah. they're they're pretty bad. It's, it's bad to the point where the devs have like said several times, we are going to remove all chat from the game so you can't harass the other team anymore. Uh, but then all the assholes complain and they're like, well, the game's not going to be fun if I can't call the other team a pussy or whatever. And then they and the devs end up, you know, chickening out and they don't actually remove it. So that's 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 a pretty good, uh, I think, sample of how that community goes. And, you know, when my ex was playing it, he would always get so mad and he would like he he would like hit things and start throwing things. And I'm just like sitting in on the other side of the room with my eyes like bigger than my head, just like big as 
dinner plates, I'd, I think they say. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, basically that's the source of where that relationship went downhill. So cue the trauma. Cue the um, trauma. But, you know, that's it's all in the past now. And I have moved on and am now happily in a new relationship. So With Dragon Quest. With Dragon Quest. And also with a guy who tells me I will never have to play League of Legends with him. So. <laughs> Yay! She, she moved on to playing Dota 2. Wait a minute, wait a minute. She didn't say that he doesn't play it. She just said he doesn't have to. She doesn't have to play with him. Uh oh, trouble coming <laughs> around the corner. Okay, okay. I mean, you're 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 right. He has played it in the past, and he does still sometimes play it with his friend. But he has promised me that if he's ever playing the game and he comes across my ex, he's gonna kick his butt for me. So. <laughs> Good deal. There you go. Ah. Uh... Well, you know, talking about kicking one's own butt, uh, I was going to go to a brewery in here, but I, I think we'll make a hard pass right back to Pendy because uh, I don't think you're going to be too super into complaining about this. But uh, I, I made the transition about kicking one's own butt. So, uh, Pendy, you, you slipped in a third game here. What would you like to complain about? Yeah, and I don't have like a whole lot on this one. Uh, my next game is another Final Fantasy game. Uh, I you know, despite the fact that two of my three games are Final Fantasy games, I, I at least up until ten or through ten, I did like the series for the most part. <laughs> well, I think I think most people can agree with you on this one, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. this is going to be a pat on the back, and everybody's tuned in again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, this time everybody I hate skips it. ahead to this point of the video, the podcast. Yeah, I mean, this time I hate it for a, a very simple reason. Similar to one of the reasons I hated 8, and it just has to do with the character upgrade system. This game uh, is Final Fantasy 2. It's the one I'm talking about. Uh, like 8, it involves a very tedious system of doing the same actions over and over again to make your characters, weapons, and spells stronger. So, for example, the more you swing your sword, the better you get with swords. The more you use spells, the stronger those spells become. And there's also associated stats with the sword swinging and the, using the spells that make your character stronger too, like increased HP or MP or whatever. But it sounds straight up and simple, right? I mean, in theory, yes. In reality, no. Because what you end up doing is the same action a billion times to get sufficiently proficient at it. So, for example, unless you really suck at combat, you're not going to use the heal spell enough to make it any good. So you end up grinding in battles by mindlessly healing your companions over and over again. Or as we've alluded to, or as Platy has alluded to a couple times, you can go in and like hit yourself or hit your other characters to you know bring those stats up as well. You know, and as much as as another example, as much as I loved the first Grandia game, I really hate that kind of spell strengthening in that game, and I hated it in this game too. I just hate that type of game mechanic. Everything else about the game was fine, except for that gameplay aspect of it. So, I mean, it, but it was just so annoying to, to have to just over and over and over and over and over again, especially with things that you don't necessarily use a lot, so you have to just keep doing things that you wouldn't normally do just to get them strong enough to be useful. So I, I hated that. But what does everyone else think of about this one that has played it? So I I, I played the original release, which was the Game Boy Advance, 
advanced version, you know, the Donna Souls version that we got, which was the basically first time. No, no, we got a, the PlayStation no, we got the Origin PS1 version. Yeah, the PlayStation because mm-hmm. th- this was based on that. So, yeah, I didn't do the PlayStation One Origin version originally, but I did do it by the time you know Donna Souls came around, and. I can't remember how they handled, like, at least the healing spells, because I know that's a point of contention with you, but come the Pixel remaster, I did complete and 100% that game late last year, and it was a lot easier than previous versions, because I think they kind of uh, balanced it out a little more. The nice thing, too, is that with the healing spells specifically, you can use them outside of battle, and when you use them outside of battle they can level up because you know yep. it depends on how many times you use it to get it to the next level you know like level 1 to level 2 takes maybe 2 to 4 casts and then it kind of you know just goes exponentially from there um but yeah no i totally agree with the whole kind of dynamic leveling system that that game tried to implement yeah and, and even even doing that like just being in the overworld and like healing people to make it strong as well I, it's that's just it's just annoying to me like if it's nat- if you naturally like get stronger in just the regular gameplay as you go along, uh, I'm fine with that. Or even just or even a little bit of grinding in general, just to get a little bit stronger, I- I'm okay with that too. But the, the just mindlessly do something that does nothing in a battle or doesn't really help you at all in said battles, uh, I just hate that. It's just annoying to me. It's, yeah. Yeah, I I can kind of agree. I liked the story for it a lot. Yeah, I like I paid attention to the story a lot more this time around, and I I liked the world of it. I liked the characters. I liked the story. I, I just didn't like the battle mechanics. And that yeah, it had a very exciting opening to the story, which is which was uh, pretty interesting considering it was an any uh, early NES game. Yeah, with the early Final Fantasy games, like the odd numbered ones were usually the more gameplay-focused ones, while the even-numbered ones were more of the story-focused, character-focused kind of ones. Because if you look at Final Fantasy 2, 4, and 6, they put a lot more emphasis on the characters and the story. Yeah. 1, the, 3, and 5, which are much more gameplay-oriented. Yeah, and the early ones, that. definitely. So the job it's, system yeah. ones, too. Ooh. Yep. And, um, like, Final Fantasy 2, for its time, definitely had some really interesting ideas by trying to bring in a more dynamic story for an RPG instead yeah. of just being like, oh, go and do this, blah, blah, blah. They the um, kill the kill the demon. Because oh, I, yeah. I remember I, when I played um, Final Fantasy 2 for the first time, it was on the Donna Souls version. Uh, back when I was really into, like had, was really playing a lot of those games on my Game Boy Advance and on my original DS and stuff. Uh, I remember I played through Final Fantasy 1, really liked that. I got to Final Fantasy 2, I knew ahead of time it had a different combat system. Uh, I did find myself liking that, and I kind of had characters set to specific things and blah, 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 you know. But I totally get why somebody's not a fan of that, because some spells just take super long to level up in that game. And sometimes it's not even that worth it either. Because, like, one of my favorite stories about this game, uh, back with the original Famicom release, um, so one of the big uh, story points of this game is you get the spell Ultima, which is supposed to be... You know, the strongest spell in the world. Uh, apparently, they didn't play test the game very well because um, Sakaguchi was just kind of like, yeah, whatever, just get, get it done. I don't care. And I think they even made the comment. It's like, well, you know, sometimes the thing that gets built up as being pretty powerful uh, isn't as strong as they think, which is basically him trying to dodge the bullet. I'm like, oh, yeah, we kind of didn't balance that part for you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I like Final Fantasy 2. It's one that I haven't replayed very much, but... I liked how the combat and um, like how getting your character stronger uh, played out. I definitely think, though, that it was much better improved with um, the Saga games 
because uh, the, the one of the main guys who was behind Final Fantasy II went on to create that series. I forget Kawazu. his name at the moment. Kawazu. And, uh, hmm? Kawazu. Oh, Kawazu, thank you. Um, uh, Kawazu, who then went on to, uh, you know, take charge of the Saga series and made that. And for the most part, I think the Saga series handles how characters strengthen by stat level ups and things like that a bit better. Um, this, the learning abilities kind of randomly, you know, that's going to be real hit and miss with people. Um, and unfortunately, play had ran into that with um, one of the spiritual successors, uh, Legend of Legacy, when he was uh, playing that one. Oh. And um, <laughs> yeah, 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 somebody not liking the, how the level up stuff works in Final Fantasy II. I, I totally get that. It's definitely you know, it's really it's really rough around the edges, and I'm sure it still is even after they've tried to iron things out. It's at least nice to hear, though, for if the Pixar Master version kind of tried to speed that process up and tried to you know make it a little easier. It it, it did. I was able to 100% that game specifically in oh what was it? Let me look at it here. I have it pulled up. Duh. I did it in 22 hours. It's not bad. So yeah. That's not bad. That's not mm-hmm. bad for being the second game. Mm-hmm. And um, I did like it, though, with the, the Dawn of Souls version on the Game Boy Advance and um, later with the PSP uh, kind of remaster they did for it, that um, some of the characters that you actually uh, get in the game who take over the fourth character slot, uh, they actually do have a new story for some of those characters where um, uh, some of these characters are, uh, do die in, uh, over the course of the game. But actually, any work that you put into them is still intact then when you do this new um, side story when you beat the game, because then all those characters plus a new one who's a uh, brand new playable character to the game uh, all go off on their own sort of like afterlife journey. You see how it parallels with the main characters and all the progress that you had towards those characters, um, you know, is still intact. In so then you can help strengthen up some of the earlier characters a little faster. And I, I, I thought that was an interesting idea how they did that too, and how they, you know, kind of added some new content by bringing in the previous characters from earlier on in the main game. I really wish they would have put the extra content for those in the pixel remastered versions, but they didn't. Yeah. It's so weird that they didn't either. I, I wouldn't have thought it would have been that hard to put that in, but Oh well. Oh well. But yeah, if I, yeah, I, I can totally understand why you don't like that system, Pendy. Like I remember when I played Grandia one two for the first time. Um, it kind of threw me off too with the leveling system for the spells because it just seemed like oh oh the spell just kind of grew. Then when I started looking into like the best ways to level up stuff, it's like oh okay. It's like all yeah. right, so I, you you have to kind of learn, unfortunately, and it's not either whether you're going to do it for you or not. Um, at least with that game's case, like any progress you make for a character, and if they do end up leaving the party you'll get special items you can use to then be like, oh, hey, uh, here's a new character that's joining. I'm going to give you this special item that's going to make it, you know, you learn these things a lot faster now. So, yeah, Gra- Grandia 1 had the same problem. How do you make the heal spells uh, stronger? You just got to heal, 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 yeah. heal. It's so annoying. I hated it. And they, you got, know what? they, got, ri- they got rid of it for Grandia 2, so they, they I, dumped it. There are a couple of points you can totally bust that mechanic in the world map, and whenever I got the chance to do it, I absolutely did it. Because, yep. you know, oh, whenever, yeah. you, whenever you went to a save point, you could re- completely recover, and if there was a stage hazard in the same area that there was a save point, I would just go and take a bunch of damage, heal my characters, recover at the save point, and then just keep doing it until my heal spell leveled up. Mm-hmm. Yep, I hated that mechanic so much. There is, if there is one fun thing to try and level up in Final Fantasy II before we move on. Uh, so status ailment spells, you know, like Toad and things like that. Sometimes they're not always the most useful thing in a Final Fantasy game. But in Final Fantasy II's case, uh, if you get the Toad spell. Uh, like all the other spells in the game, you can level it up and make it stronger the more you use it. It's actually really funny how broken that spell is in that game. <laughs> I don't know if it's still the same case with the Pixel Remaster, but at least with like the Game Boy Advance version, you can get that spell really strong, target all enemies with it, 
And as soon as you do, um, I think if I remember right, how Toad works in that game is that if an enemy is Toad, they instantly are basically killed just because they can't really do anything as a frog. So, wow. so um, I, I, I'll have you know we'll have to look it up here and see if that is true or not. But at least that's what I remember what would happen. So you could do some pretty crazy shit. You could just like be like, oh, battle frog, you turn into a Toad's, get out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like how in Final Fantasy IV, if you would turn an enemy into a toad, if it worked, then they all could all they could do is like one point of damage. You can just kill them instantly. So, <laughs> so yeah, if you ever do get the wild hair to replay Final Fantasy II, Penny, I'm going to give it another try. Uh, get toad as fast as you can and just power it up and uh, see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we're we're nearing the end. We still got a couple games left to go. Um, seems like we've talked about 428 or so games today with all the series we've brought up, but uh, maybe we haven't done quite that many. But uh, Burian might have something to say about that number. 428, Shibuya Scramble. Eel's probably going to hate me for this one, too. But, oh my god, I cannot... Ugh, I don't even know where to start with this game. Like, I already don't like visual novel games, and I only purchased this game because some, I had a like this group of friends that I used to hang out with talked this game up to no end, saying it was a ton of fun, but really wouldn't give tell me anything about the game other, other than they would constantly meme about it. Uh, one of the acquaintances in the group had a spare copy that he gave to me for about 20 bucks. So I decided, I'm like, ah, it's like 20 guys that are like, this game is amazing. You have to play it. And I'm like, okay, I'll, you know, we hang out enough. I'll give it a shot based on your recommendations and stuff like that. Uh, looking up the game, though, I saw that uh, Koichi Nakamura was the producer on the game. And if you're not familiar with that game, he worked on the Dragon Quest games up until Dragon Quest V. So I was like, yeah. hey, this this should be really good then, right? No, it is it is not all right. I played this game like late 2019, but pre-pandemic times. So, I, you know, somewhere between like uh, August and December. Um, I never beat it. It uh, it's a it's a visual novel adventure where like players take part in events from perspectives of multiple multiple protagonists, all acting parallel in it with each other, with no knowledge of each other, set in kind of a modern Japanese city of Shibuya. Uh, the characters are involved in some kind of grand mystery that can't be solved without all of their interactions, and then the plot is advanced, you know, by following their cues within found within the game's text. And accompanying like video sequences and and making decisions and and so on and so forth. Basically, if you like reading, this is the game for you. I've never, <laughs> I've, ne I, I just, I don't get me wrong. I love reading books. I love reading books so much. Like I'm a the kind of guy that's like. I do like the 52 book challenge per year, like a book a week. I'm like on board for that. I read so much and yet I cannot stand visual novels. I don't know what it is about them. It's just kind of like that barrier of when I'm playing a video game, I want to be doing something like playing a, you know, Final Fantasy or a Dragon Quest or a Mega Man game or something along those lines. But I don't want to be controller in hand reading a wall of text with an accompanying still image that is there for like 20 minutes of gameplay as I play, quote unquote, play this game. Right. Um, so I never got very far in it. I think I, I think I got like two or three characters. I got them progressed far enough that like two of them actually met up. But there's really not anything that I can say about this game that I liked other other than <laughs> that I already like to read. Another, <laughs> an, another problem with it is that it is a inherently Japanese game. 
the humor, like everything about it is for a Japanese audience. And it was translated into English, which was pretty amazing in that respect that they brought it over here and they localized it and they localized it with the Japanese humor intact. They've got that going for it. It's great. The problem is, is I don't keep my thumb on the pulse of what's popular in Japan anymore, <laughs> other than Dragon Quest, because that's, you know, number one video game franchise in Japan, apparently. But, uh, you know, even to this group of friends who suggested me this game, Dragon Quest is too mainstream. So you need stuff like 13 Sentinels or whatever to, to be considered what they would play. And this kind of falls in line with that. So, you know, other than that, I already like to read and, and tons of the game is just walls of text with a single image for five to ten minutes of that worth reading. It's yay. It's 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 not a game. Visual novels aren't games. Sorry. And I know that none of you have anything to say about this because none of you yeah, have probably nothing. played this or heard of it. No, I'm not on that one. But 13, 13 Sentinels is good. But I also like that um, company that makes that stuff, that type of game. Yeah, like I really wanted to give this game a try too. Like they were all super into it. And I'm like, okay, like we have interests that, you know, cross over each other. So I would probably like some portions of this, but it most of it just fell flat with me. Like the the humor fell flat. I was not engaged with the story in any way. I didn't really like any of the characters. Like none of them were just like, oh yeah, that's that's the, like one of them is just a freaking mascot cat, and I was like, "Ah, this ain't doing it for me." I mean, nothing. I mean, this mascot cat is not Sir Cat. That's what exactly. Thank you. I was about to say Sir Cat. <laughs> what about Mishi? That is the true. That is the true cat mascot because he never says anything. He just stands there menacingly, <laughs> narrowing his eyes. Yep. Yeah. Like I still have my copy. I'm actually looking at it right now in the stack of games over there. But it's it's a shame because I really wanted to give it a shot, and I just I, it just did not click with me. Yeah, I've never tried. I haven't tried visual novels yet. Like the closest I've ever come to doing those would be all those tell uh, telltale games where it's a bunch of quick time events basically, but I haven't actually done like an actual like a, a no shit visual novel before. My first run in with visual novels was Phoenix Wright way back in the DS days. And yeah, you know, that still surprised me that that one is a visual novel because honestly, I never would have guessed it was back when yeah, Nintendo Power I, advertised the DS games or I didn't the either. DS releases. I mean, and I and I played it and I got through the first court case and I'm like, oh my god, I am so fucking bored by this game. <laughs> and this was, no, this was this was no different than that. It was you would get prompts to do stuff at certain points in the game, so it was kind of like a choose your own adventure in that in that kind of simile. You would get like anywhere from two to four things to do and you could choose them and sometimes it would be like the game would just straight up be like that was the wrong choice game over load your last save and do it again and it's like it, it it's just a bunch of like false endings at times there were there i'm sure that some of the pathways kind of loop around to each other so you'll kind of miss things at times but i'm just not about that just that gameplay sucks and this game sucks. <laughs> man, man, I thought what a perfect a game to describe this. about Persona. I, fi- I think he's going to come and kill you after talking about visual novels <laughs> like that. He should have been here. Should have been here tonight. <laughs> oh, God. If, why isn't he here? No idea. That's he a good didn't question. respond to this one. 
I think if he was here and I was talking about the Persona series, that we wouldn't hear the end of it from him about that. <laughs> We'd still be talking about Persona. It probably some, fucking would be. <laughs> for some insight for our listeners out there, we, we we have our Discord with Brewery, and we make plans on there a lot. And um, at, once we, we've got so many people that have recurring guests that have been on now that once I post there and like four or five people are like, yeah, I'll, I'll be on that episode. I, I don't I don't specifically go and search for people. So this is one if I probably would have hit up Evan and been like, hey, man, you want to be on that? He probably would have. But once I saw that we already had like four people, five people for tonight, I figured, you know, we're, we're in it. We're almost into our third hour here of recording. So figured we probably had enough. So I didn't go searching. Yeah, I have a bedtime I need to make. Yeah. All right. Well. <laughs> With that said, we will uh, move on, <laughs> and I'm I'm going to I'm going to talk about my anti-blue game here, and then uh, oh, maybe Brian and I can can finish it off with something I think we all could agree on. Um, but my second game, and this is kind of one of the ones that when we were planning it, I was like, oh my god, this, I totally have to talk about this. Um, the 3DS title Ever Oasis. Boo. It's a great game. Oh, and you know what? I got hooked on this game immediately when I saw it on Nintendo Direct. Probably the first ever Nintendo Direct that I ever watched um, was when this got announced. Because it was announced on the Nintendo Direct that had a bunch of uh, Dragon Quest Seven information. Um, yeah, that was um, E3 oh, yeah. 2016. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it was summertime. I remember it was summertime, and... There's going to be a direct and whatever. And we were planning to drive to my in-laws house in Tampa from central Florida. And I got I, was, I made sure I could get it on my phone. And I know the exact road we were driving down. And I had it like propped up on the dashboard, like streaming Bluetooth through my car speakers. So I didn't watch it as much as I listened to it. And just the few like sideways glances I got, I was like, what is this game they're talking about? Ever Oasis. This looks cool. And again, I'm driving on the road, so I'm not like staring at my phone the whole time. I'm like, oh, this looks really cool. And God, that was a whole year before it came out because it didn't come out until June 2017. Yep. And I got that. I beat it. And I sold that so fast. I it, it was in and out of my hands within like 30 days easily. <laughs> um. I wrote on our Google sheet here. Yes, I beat it out of spite. <laughs> you got further than I did, man. I got like a third of the way through the game and I'm like, fuck this game. Uh, and you, you know, know why? You know why you say fuck this game, King Slime? It's because it plays kind of like a Zelda game. It does. And that's it I, has... I'm with King Slime that I'm not a huge fan of the Zelda series. I don't want to go into dungeons and do puzzles over and over again. And what I really didn't want to do was I didn't want to do fucking puzzles in this game that I had to bring like every party member that in my entire group of party members and go back to town and grab him because I needed a grappling hook and then go back and grab this one. Because after the first few dungeons, once you got like four or five characters or something, they expected you to use all of them in every dungeon, I felt like. And you could only have, what, two people with you at a time, right? Yep. And yeah, it was a party of three, I believe, at a time. Yeah, it was a party of three. And, like, there were dungeons that had more than three puzzle mechanics in it. So you had to exit the dungeon. And I, I 
granted there was fast travel so it wasn't that big a deal but it was so annoying to okay i'm going through this dungeon i'm ready to beat it oh crap i don't have the person with the flame arrow or whatever let me zoom back to town get that person put him in my party swap out with somebody else go back get back to that room i was in and do that again wow that's awful because like there's a series of wild arms that has the same kind of mechanic where it has Lots of, puzzles, lots of puzzles in the dungeons, and all the different characters have different abilities for those dungeons. But you didn't have to go back and forth out of the dungeon to get grab those characters. They were always with you, I, I believe. So, yeah, they never had that problem. Honestly, so I recently replayed this game. And um, if you're doing the side quests, a lot of the times... So characters have two kinds of abilities, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a special ability that is part of their character, and a lot of thi- a lot of uh, weapon types have their own, you know, sort of thing that they can interact with. If you're mm-hmm. doing the side quests, typically you can get a character that has, you know, a useful like ability and a useful weapon. And you know, if you if you get two of those. That's four things right there, plus your main character can equip whatever kind of weapon you want. So I Damn only... it, game, for not telegra- telegraphing that for me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you open the menu? Maybe. <laughs> that, that's a, as we know, that's a 50-50 uh, prospect at best. So, so maybe there was one or two times where I needed to go back just to find like something, but typically most of the dungeons are very heavy on the most recently introduced mechanic mm-hmm. and that um, makes that makes perfect sense so which is like a zelda thing like oh you get the grappling hook now go to yeah. the dungeon that you need yes. the grappling hook get this you know i absolutely adored this game one because the story is super wholesome it like mm-hmm actually gives me warm fuzzies and uh so it was this was summer of 2017 that i played it for the first time yeah i was going through a breakup at that point so i needed uh-huh. something happy in my life um so i have very fond memories of this game um it plays like a zelda rpg you know you're leveling up but you're also solving the zelda puzzles with different items and things like that and it's and also building that- a city and building a city Ugh. it's got Ugh. all the things that i really like building and i hear I hear King Slime groan and it makes me so sad because I love this game. Yeah, that, you that know, was that was like one of the two things that I disliked about it was A, I I God fucking city building. God gag me with a rope. And B resource management in my fucking games. Yeah, and wasn't it so random about like who would come into your town? No. No, no. that was that part was not random. <sighs> Was there a randomness? Because you had to have a certain number of, what is it, tourists, right? Was it tourists or the, what is if, it? If, if, if I remember no. right, Blue, the game would telegraph kind of to you what kind of guests you had on the horizon if you had certain items so you could yep, stock yep. those to pull so, them in. Yeah, so if you if you go on... Or shoppers? The, Was it number the, of shoppers? In the menu, I have... There, there is absolute... Yeah, number of shoppers might have been random, but I never had that affect anything as mm. far as what I was doing. Um, so if you open the menu, Claddy, um, there is a <laughs> list that shows you rumors of you know different yes, townspeople I... that you've seen around, and basically every time you get a new resident, they're like, "Oh, hey, I saw this person, and this person is interested in ice cream, so they're probably going to come visit your town if you have an ice cream store." And oh, it just so happens this other 
another person that I'm trying to recruit, they will build an ice cream store if they join my town. So let's go finish their quest so we can get the ice cream store so we can get the next person to join to come and join the town. Mm -hmm. Um, So it, it was basically a stream of quests and locking more quests, which... I'm always I, I'm always happy with more things to do before. Well, level five does it. I love that for some reason. <laughs> uh, it's it's strange. Like when it's Rogue Galaxy, I love it. But yep. Um, I, I okay. I will give you something blue that I really loved about Ever Oasis. The newts. Newt. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was one of the things that just made me so happy. They're they're just they're just little newts. And they're, they're like farting. these they're like these half owl, half penguin creatures. They're the shoppers that Platty was talking about. Yeah, yeah, they're basically your NPC shoppers that you you can't really enter. You can like talk to them, but they don't they make no impact on your game other than kind of funding your town through shops. That yes. Yeah, they were cool. You know, <laughs> That part was all right. I like the city building. It, it got annoying because wasn't it the placement of buildings near other buildings or something? Yeah. Am I remembering that correct? You, you needed no. to put a little more thought into it. No. No. Um. So you would get things called. De- you would get decorations that would increase. You know, certain types of shops by a certain amount. And yeah, you could do some things by like putting them next to each other or whatever. So like have have one shop on either side of this uh, thing that raises novelty sales and get a little bit of a bonus. But mm. honestly, I don't. I might have gone too far into the weeds with that. Yeah. Farther than I needed or, to. It doesn't make or break the game, dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, a lot of my complaints about this game boil down to this was not fantasy life. I don't know where I got it in my head. that This was going to be like fantasy life. You know what? You're and, not alone. I th- mm-hmm. kind of thought that too. That's kind of what I was yeah. expecting. Yeah, Platty, I remember back when Platty was playing through this game, he messaged me a lot and was telling me about his experiences and stuff. And I remember one of the things that he kept mentioning too is like, well, I thought this was going to be like fantasy life. Yeah. It's, just, it's just not what I was expecting it to be. Because I, I still just remember that so vividly, Platty. You tell <laughs> me about that a lot. That, that is my number one complaint. The second complaint was, you know, the backtracking, which apparently I wasn't upgrading my characters good enough to do. Um, and yeah, like it, the city management, I felt took too long, hmm. but then again, like I said, I might've been going too far in the weeds, trying to min max that. And yeah, usually, usually I just made a shop and I stocked that shop until it got to max level. And then I put a new shop there. That was, hmm. that was my city building strategy. I, I just felt like it was animal crossing bleeding over in, into a, into a decent RPG. <laughs> <laughs> and I fucking hate Animal Crossing. I cannot stand. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I had a third game, oh, it would be God. Animal Crossing. Everybody I, that's on my friends list and on my Switch has has hundreds of hours. Hundreds. Oh, no, I see that. you? What am I, chopped liver? Hey, you know what? I caught Wootus the other day in the middle of the day playing. Yep. What, I, I had, like, are, Tuesday off and, like... 11 a.m. It's like, are, are you one of the ones that... with over a thousand? I don't even own the game. <laughs> I got 555 on mine. Twinkie's got over a thousand. Yeah, he does. I was looking at Samantha's. She, she has she has 1100 hours logged in the game. Oh my god. Yep, it's fun, man. Just <sighs> easy to zone out with. I don't begrudge anybody that. That's fine. I think I, I didn't. Think that Bruce, I I, I, I don't have it on my hate list I hear that enough from my wife and son playing it. You know, I'm really surprised 
that um, all joking aside, that they have not brought back the option to change the voice sound effects because that was a thing in the earlier games where you could be like, oh, well, now you can you know make it so it just makes kind of a generic, um, just text sort of sound, kind of like what Dragon Quest does, you know, mm-hmm. where like depending on the character, where it just would be like, like that sort of thing when the text is scrolling across the screen, um, or you could just turn it off entirely. And I'm not really sure why they stopped doing that as an option because I, I even was trying to look at that one time where I'm like, eh, is there a way to turn the voices off? And no, you can't. And, and at least a new horizon, so. Yangus, the voices are annoying you? What? No, they don't annoy me. I just was curious if you could turn them off. Because ah. when I turn on, when I when I usually play the game, I'm usually listening to something else. So I have to turn the sound off or, oh, or I, on the <laughs> game itself, you know? I, I will interject. While sure, Blue does not own Animal Crossing, she does have 175 hours in Tales of Vesperia. And that's a problem why? <laughs> <laughs> but um that's about 80 times as many hours as i have in the game god what was i holy t- yes god. thank you for uh telling me about that sale Platty. you're welcome that's okay i I, oh. I I plan on getting to that someday oh i remember now what i was gonna say because we we're talking about the characters of this game like Platty, i don't understand how you can like not like parts of this game when it's got like the best character design in any rpg it's got a big butt mermaid i mean that's all you need <laughs> oh i remember you were on and on about that big butt mermaid that was she your big got joke. junk I, in the trunk right yes she does she's got big old b- bubble booty <laughs> she's also like the best I'm rpg not. character i have ever like the best written character you know what blue i could have a- seen where your name blue star could have also come from her just because she is blue and she is she a star is, of that she game. She is, in fact, blue. Um, and she is no, a star blue, of that game. So Blue Star Blue yep. Star predates her by quite a bit. Yep. yep. But, you know, that's, I mean, I remember when the, the game was advertised, you know, they really pushed, like, she was a major character of it, like a major NPC. And, like, I think it is your what your character finds her in the Oasis, like the only one that's left or something well, like she's, that. She's like the she's like the literal lifeblood of the town. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Yep, big booty mermaid, that's all you need. <laughs> all right, so, uh, Brian, you want to bitch about one last thing with me? Oh, my fucking God, let's get started. All <laughs> right, so I'm just going to do this as two short um, uh, syllables here. Nep, nep. Fuck and, this game. Oh, fuck all the games, except for one. I had fun with one of them. Um, but oh, are you the... talking? Oh, oh, okay. Never mind. Sorry, I know what you're talking about now. Oh, we're talking about Hyperdimension Neptunia, all no. the Neptunia games. There's so many of them. Um, I remember I got the first, like, or the Vita remastered whatever versions of them for like two, three, and four dollars. Like, I, I think I picked up one through three for under ten dollars in a sale one time, and I was like, ah, this is like eight dollars total. Like, I'm sure I'll get eight dollars of playtime out of it, and I did not. <laughs> I, I definitely, <laughs> I, I think I made it a couple hours into one, and I'm like, oh god, the 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 other ones have to be better than this. And so I was like, fuck it, I'm not even gonna play two. I'm gonna go straight to three and see if it's good enough to, you know, th- did they fix some of the shit in three? And, and I think I made it maybe like five or six hours into three, and set it aside. And one time when I came back, I don't know why, like, there's no story marker where to go, and I'm like, well, fuck it, I'm lost, and I don't care about this series. Um, but it's a series I keep going back to for bad reasons at um, RP Gamer. I We did a episode almost three summers ago. Um, we had a fan write in and be like, oh, you guys always talk about all these games, and you always joke about Idea Factory. You should do an Idea Factory um, episode. And we did. We all picked a game to play, and I played... Uh, it's like hyper hyper dimension action unleashed 
Um, and that game was okay. It was a it was a Muso game, and it was like ten hours. And I was like, oh, this is easy. Um, and I'm just <laughs> there's not much to do other than walk around swinging shit. Um, but then like a year later, I raised my hand for the Super Neptunia RPG game because I'm like, well, this is made by a completely different studio. And it turned out to be complete shit. I think I reviewed it at like a two out of five. And there were so, so many problems with it, like including the fact that they cheap ass like the enemies were visible on the field, but they kind of weren't. They used one enemy to represent an encounter the entire game. And so like eight hours into it, you're still coming across the fake slime and you run into it and it's not fake slimes you're fighting. You're fighting all these other enemies, but they only wanted to make one character model for an overworld enemy. Lazy. And just, yep. And then I didn't still didn't learn my lesson. So during the pandemic, we got Mega Dimension Neptunia VII. It's like five two or something like that. It's not seven. It's five two. Um, and holy crap, I, I played that for maybe again, like five hours. And I was like, you know what? I, I know this is not a high pressure being at RP Gamer, and I'm just going to piece out of this one. I can't do it. I cannot put myself through how long this game is going to be and all the crap with it. So I, I played five or six of these and finished two or something, and, like, I'm done. I refuse to do it. Like, no. I, I For a long time, the joke at RP Gamer was, well, battle play it. It's a nip-nip game. And I was like, oh, I'll give it a try. No, I won't even try them anymore. I'm, I'm over that shit. Like, now they're pairing up with... Uh, what is it? Um, Sen Senrin Kagura, the one with the big boob physics. Yep. Yeah, it, I think so. Yeah. Um, actually, it is Senron Kagura. Pardon. Pardon. I couldn't get my it's tongue quite around that. <laughs> well, I mean, there are two big things in the way a lot of the times with that. Series. There, there, was, there, there was something caught. Yeah. A couple things caught in my throat there. Um, you know, what bugs me about these games, like I said, I love the anime aesthetic. I like, we're, we talked about this earlier. I don't want a real world looking game. Well, these obviously don't. Um, they look cartoony and anime, but oh my God, they take the anime shenanigans that I don't care for. This is why I don't watch anime and they crank it way too far up. Dude, that fucking bugged the shit out of me about these games. Like, I don't mind a little anime influence here and there, but no, I'm yeah. Not, yeah, I'm not into hyper-realistic graphics and I like stuff a little bit more stylized and stuff like this, but God damn it! This just took it to the turned it to eleven basically, and it I did. hated I hated I everything about it. <laughs> yeah, you... I was going to say that phrase. I left it there for you, but yeah, it is. It's it's way too much. It's like okay, like what kind? We just get. out of curiosity, like what kind of stuff? Just it, it's 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 not even like overly egregious. It's just so blandly anime, and it's just every trope you can imagine that happens in an anime. I swear to God, happens all the time on screen in these games. Uh, I mean, just look at the, just look at the box art for this stuff. I mean, Kinda, yeah, it, it is. It is every But trope. you never get a break from it. It's not yeah, like, okay, so we got a gag once an hour. That's no, the you problem. get that gag is, every five minutes. It's oh, like, okay. a, it's, it's, oh, God, it just, the, the, the dialogue in this game just bugs the shit out of me because so, they are, they are, they are, it is like laser vision at a very, very niche, like, I like anime waifus kind of crowd. And they just okay. drill at home with these kind of people. Okay, it, so it's it, that, it's that kind of, those kind the, of people. Oh, the yeah. dialogue yeah. is exacerbating to listen to at times. Oh my god, and there's so much of it. At like, 
Super Neptunia RPG, I actually, like, one of the positives for that game, because it was from a different developer or whatever, they didn't get the memo that you need to say, you know, three sentences and make it ten paragraphs. They they didn't get that memo, and it was way cut down and way pared down, and that was great. I mean, the rest of the game was shit, but um, any of the games that come directly from Idea Factory in Japan, there's so much. It's like, holy crap, you're making these, you know, it's like the Atelier games. They get pumped out every year. They're budget games. They're not going to sell a lot. Idea Factory, like, why are you spending so much money on all this freaking dialogue? And then you're paying to get it translated. So there's a whole shitload of stuff. It's games like this that make every single argument that Square Enix says about localizing a game would be too expensive. That's all bullshit. Yes. It is all bullshit. Thank you. Because these titles that are going to sell $50,000, $60,000 are done with that. Your development's already done. You already made Dragon Quest whatever. Like, you can pay even if it sells fifty, sixty, two hundred thousand $200,000 in the USA. You're going to make your money back on the localization. The development's under, money's already paid. But yeah, all these little shit titles like this, all these Neptunia games, they ain't selling much. And when they are, they're even like, you know, they're two bucks on the freaking PSN store. You, you These games what, go on discount all the time. What bugs me the most about it is I actually like the idea that they present with it. Like it is a very tongue-in-cheek thing. I mean the the world. Oh, the, the humor games, is yeah. can be quite good. The 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 world is called I think it's uh, game it's play, industry. Yeah, it's a play on game industry. It's like Gamu industry or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like very very played up. And you know all of the characters are kind of personifications of like specific video game systems and i'm like that's oh, all yeah. really cool and then they start talking and i am just <laughs> I am, i'm out <laughs> it's like it's like that person that looks good until they open their mouth yeah like, this is... and i've watched some of the gameplay for some of the like i've never been able to finish one because i get like a couple of hours in and i'm just like mm-hmm. i can't i can't deal with this there's and you know like there's way too much dialogue there's way too many gameplay options. Like, I was playing the Hyperdimension Neptunia VII um, 5-2, whatever it's supposed to be, and, like, every other hour, a whole nother gameplay mechanic was put in that you had to use. It was like, oh, did you know that we can go into ultra mode? And when we go into ultra mode, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then, like, a couple hours later, like, hey, did you know that you have to pair up in battle and have pair up things? And, like, oh, and when you go into ultra battles, you can ultra battle pair up stuff. And, like, da 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 And it was just like, oh, my God. So setting it aside for a couple day, uh, a couple weeks and, like, coming back to it, I'm like, I'm already fucking lost. I've lost I'm losing regular battles that I know I wasn't losing before because i've already forgot the 10 different things and like again just make it a basic battle system and to add on top of this there are only technically like four main games in the hyper dimension (laughs) neptunia series there's four there's four of them there's 15 spin-off titles yeah it's all (laughs) spin-offs it's all spin-offs but you know what look at dragon quest there's 42 titles and like only okay. 10, 11 that's, games. So that is that is that's that's a fair. Uh, Dragon Quest we're, can we're, do no wrong though. That's we're true. talking to, we're talking about Persona earlier. You know, there's five Persona games and how many dancing and fighting and other stuff. But I mean, no, this one is yeah. They're they're always and it's funny because they make a big deal about it. Like when I got press materials for VII, it's like note. This game does not take place in the world of the first four games. Like, they're so in their goddamn heads that they've got this continuity for, like, the four or five games they have that they make sure to purposely point out, like, hey, this side entry doesn't really canonically fit with the rest. Oh, because the fuck cares? 
because you got those niche fans that yep. care about that a lot, and they know that, so they don't want to get all those guys upset. So I, which I, I don't even understand, understand because I feel I like every game I've started, it starts with a uh, freaking Neptunia. She falls into a world through some hole, and it's like, oh, how'd I get here? <laughs> wow, you look a lot like my friend. Whatever oh. PlayStation. She's like, no, I've never met you before. She's like, no, you're exactly like her. Like all the, I, I played the regular games and they all take place in parallel universes. So I have no way to figure out what the fuck is this it, even. They, um, oh God, what was I going to say? Um, you, <laughs> like for them being like, oh, set in an alternate world. It's different. Yes, it's always, it's always magical. this isn't an alternate world. Pretend that they it's lived a, in a different world. It's like, it's like fucking, um, Wizard of Oz. It's like, you were there and you were there. You were there. <laughs> like and the other tongue-in-cheek stuff is a lot of the enemies in these games come from other games. You have their they got that was it the Dogu, which is a slime oh. with like dog ears and a tail. Yeah, yeah, and they, the that's Pac like one Man of the ghosts. few that I remember. Yeah, those Pac-Man ghosts. I remember I killed so many freaking Pac-Man ghosts, and oh, the piranha flowers, not piranha plants, the piranha flowers. Um, yeah, because the Action Unleashed game is really the only game I've put more than a few hours into. And I went all the way through, so I saw, like, end game kind of stuff. And, like I said, it was a Musou game. It had some of the other stuff that I sucks, but being a Musou game, it's all these games are menu-based. There's, like, never an overworld. It's like, oh, you're going here. Oh, you're going here. It starts, it, you know, it's like Etrian Odyssey. But at least Etrian Odyssey has a large place to go into. <laughs> but, well, what was that? What was that, Platy? Well, I, the, it's like the Etrian Odyssey games. When you're in a town, it's just a menu. Mm -hmm. But at least when you go into the labyrinths, it's huge, and there's so much to do there. No, like all, I feel like every Neptunia games I place, it's you're going into one building, you're going into two streets in a city, and then it's back to the menu. Hmm. And there's no overworld. There's no connection. Even if like there is a picture of the overworld, you're just going dot to dot. You're moving your little person across the dot, and maybe it'll have a battle in between those dots. Or something. Um, some of the other throwbacks when Super Neptunia RPG, I love it like the first half hour. She picked up a Cypress stick and like she made a Pokemon reference, like, oh, Dogu, I choose you. And at the end of some battles, she would hum the Final Fantasy battle victory tune. Uh -huh. doo, doo, doo. Like, like that was pretty funny. So, like, the tongue in cheek humor can get funny, but then, yeah, it's just. But then you have to actually play the game. Yeah. <laughs> And then you have to hear way too much exposition about shit. Like, no, just make the joke. Let me go to the next area. Come on, move this along. But yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I remember. <laughs> I remember now, Platy. What I was going to tell you from before. So you talking about how like the press release thing said that um, you know all the spinoffs they're not supposed to be part of the main series or whatever. It almost feels like they did that thing with um like what Kingdom Hearts did where. They had all these spinoffs, but then all of a sudden they're like, oh, wait, no, I actually, they are part of the main story. Uh, we, that's what we <laughs> planned the whole time. <laughs> it's all meant to be. I, I feel like at some point with this series, they might come along and be like, oh, yeah, they were actually canonical the whole time. Like, there's everything's connected. Like I said, you know, there's I, no freaking reason not to because she's always dropping into a new place and like, oh, this looks a lot like my world. That is what were you going to add in? What were you going to add like in, the Mindy? main character of this one, the girl with, like, the white purple hair with the D-pad, like... Yeah. With the D-pad, yeah. Bracelet, yeah, yeah. or not bracelets, um... Um, hair, hair brackets. Ties. Like, yep. Yeah, okay. I wonder if yeah. that's the character, because, like, whenever I've seen anybody mention this one, or, like, when you've talked about it, it always seems like she's the one character that's always, like, present no matter what so yes. so she's, she's the one that named, always gets like thrown off into all these weird shenanigans yes, these uh, are, and she's the one that's named after the uh 
the Saturn, the Sega Saturn that never came out. Oh, okay. When Sega got out of uh, making consoles, that was the one that they were going to do. Oh, that's interesting. I, hmm. I wouldn't have guessed that that's where the Neptunian name came from. So mm-hmm. there we go. Oh, nice. That's kind of after, after this. Actually. After Saturn, what's the next planet? Neptune. Yep. That's what they were gonna. They were gonna go from the Sega Saturn to the Sega to the uh, Neptune. Huh. I wonder if Sega then looks at that series and they're just like, oh yeah, no, we don't have any part of this. Don't. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I know me and a Brarian were talking about a little bit before where he was like, you know, if it's got too much of an anime aesthetic, it's it's just not great for him. But uh, I mean, when people there's people that will criticize modern JRPGs and they will say that oh, modern JRPGs are just a, a big anime mess now of stereotypes and stuff. And this is the series that they point to. Yeah. It's, it's like their main example. It really is. Yeah, not even RPG. Nobody should be pointing be to this series ever. Ever. <laughs> Most people don't play this game. No. Any of these. It, no. Yeah, it, it, it's more of a joke that... Uh, yeah. And like I said, I, I tried to give it. A, I was like, you know what? Come on, they've they, they've made twenty three of these in ten years. There has to be some redeeming factor here. And like I said, the only redeeming factor I found was in Muso. And to tell you how budget these games are, so the Muso one that I liked, um, <clears throat> this oh Action Unleashed. That's it, Action Unleashed. So again, it's all menu based. It's like oh, we have to. I couldn't tell you shit about the plot because of course it's in an alternate world, whatever. But every time you like, okay, well now we have to do this. You go so the. The, world, the mission map populates. It's never very big. It, you know, it, imagine like one person standing on a football field. That's the size of it. It will populate a few trees, a few like ground features. But then that shape of that wherever area you're battling in, there's just nothing. There's no background. It's just like floating in blue space. Oh, wow. Like it, it is budget, budget, budget. And they run okay because, you know, you got a bunch of just Pac-Man ghosts and not slimes attacking you. Sure, there can be 200 on the screen because you have no background. And the ground is pretty much just flat sand with a rock here and there. So, I mean, it's budget everything. And they just pump them out like crazy. I mean, the first game was 2010. And, you know, I'm looking at their freaking their uh, wiki right now. And holy cow, how many games are there? 15 spinoffs. Four main games is what they consider main. So you're looking at 20 games in like 12 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, thanks. And, and I swear to God, they all have like Cyber Dimension Neptunia 4 Goddesses Online. There's no other Cyber Dimension titles. Why is that for the Neptunia? I, <laughs> I think at that point, they're just like making a parody of themselves. <laughs> which they very be. well could be because like this Mega Dimension Neptunia VII, which very clearly was... Like when I had the press material for it, it was like, you know, you have to it's 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 five two. But there is no five. There's no Neptunia five. (laughs) So why would you have a five two? It's it's either the stereotypical naming convention that you see in uh, some Japanese anime or it's making fun of that. And um, again, and it very yeah, well could be because I, I, I think the humor in this is good. I think the humor there is good. It's the gameplay elements and just way too much dialogue and animation shenanigans. And you could fix the animation shenanigans and dialogue by cutting all text in half. Like, just get to the gameplay and freaking cut out some systems while you're at it, too. Here's, here's something five you... different things to do in battle. Here's something you don't want to hear upon the release of a new game in a, in a series in something like this, like with an RPG series where you want cohesion and uh, and um, across entries on, you know, battle mechanics. 
Mega Dimension Neptunia five or you know five two or whatever features a new battle system with a different combo <laughs> no! structure to no! previous games. And I tell you what, like I said, I, I got like probably five hours into that game, and I'm like, you know, I'm gonna do this. I signed up for the review. And I realized it was supposed to be like a 20 hour game or something like that. I can get through it. And then like I started because it was a re-release for the Switch. So I started reading other stuff about how I was going to have to go to another world and start a whole nother party and play a whole parallel story. And I'm like, I'm already lost with the game systems you've thrown at me in five hours. Like, I'm going to have to go somewhere else with somebody else. Like, no, I'm done. I'm done. I was just. <laughs> yep. Can't do it. Nope. I nope noped out of nep nep. <laughs> I, I don't don't blame you. The uh, quote quote of the day. Yep. And with that, I think it's time to wrap this up because man, I'm fired up about nep nep. <laughs> I what I wasn't as fired up about Final Fantasy 12, and uh, because you know what, I gave it one time. It wasn't for me. Ever Oasis, I gave it one time. I sold it. Fucking Nectunia, I've gone back to like five times, and I keep trying to no no never more. Yep. I, I, I what's funny I'm, is uh <laughs> my pod my podcast co-host over at rp gamer on uh rpg backtrack i think it was like two years ago i heard her on our the saturday the weekly podcast they have over there about new rpg news and everything and she's like oh she goes you know i think platy kind of likes these games so we'll have to have him check out the new one and this was like a few months after i totally quit on it and like i quickly got on discord i was like never say that again i'm done i'm done i will never give another one a try fuck it <laughs> and she's like oh my god i'm so sorry i was like no no that's no, fine because yes i was always the one like ah give it a try it's fine you'll probably be okay even though i'd never made it like more than five hours in here i was encouraging people to spend their 9.99 on shit <laughs> never again <sighs> And with that, that's it for this episode of Slime Time Side Quest. Boy, I Thank figured you. Final Fantasy XII was going to fire you up, not fucking Neptunia of all things. No. <laughs> Which was just <laughs> the kind of joke that Brorian and I threw in today. <laughs> Jesus, I cannot stand these games. Listen, I'm 14 years removed from Final Fantasy XII anger. Had we recorded 14 years ago, you might have got me more. But no, Neptunia has burned me way too much in the past three or four years. <laughs> Fair oh. enough. Thank you, Pendy, for being here tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Blue Star. Thanks for having me. As always. Thank you, Brewerian. Of course. Thank you, Yangus Do Matcraft voice. Thank you, Matcraft. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me on. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us to talk about the games and the series y'all love to hate. Mm hmm. We certainly had a lot of interesting discussions tonight, and I think we all were able to vent out some anger. So thanks for joining us, guys. But we're not done because in a transition, you could probably all see coming a mile away. Yangus, I think I got to talk about one more thing that I hate. Seriously, man, you already slipped in an extra game to the episode. What more do you want? Whoa, Nelly, man. Hold on there, partner. This is a recurring hatred. See, one thing we all hate here at Slime Time is soliciting listeners for any silly Patreon stuff. We're just video game fans, love to talk about the games we love and hate so much. But, you know, some of you guys out there love to sponsor things. You got money, just burn a hole in your pocket like, meh, I'm a millionaire. What the hell do I have to do with all this money? So you've asked and we point our listeners over to our parent site, The Dragon's Den, and its founder, Wootus. If you've got that money, if you'd like to donate, support the podcast, support The Den... Not so much support the podcast. Support the den. Support the website. Head on over to www.wudas.com slash den and either send Wudas some money to help keep the den's lights on or just click that big old Amazon affiliate link at the top. 
pre-order a new refrigerator, get an air conditioning unit. Do they sell cars yet on Amazon? I don't know. We talked about sex toys before. Hey, you know what? I'm going to try to get this up. You could probably order something special for Valentine's Day for your Valentine. I won't ask what section of Amazon you dwell into. Brutus won't see what you're buying. He'll just get five cents. And you know what? Mrs. Woodus will be super happy about that. Um, I think that's the end of that part. <laughs> uh, I went way, way too far with that one. Uh, well, um, if you do want to send any money to the podcast, just send it to YangusNeedsDumoney.com. Oh, mm. <laughs> well, just at least a dollar. A dollar a day will help feed a Yangus somewhere in the world. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, joking aside, uh, if you do have any suggestions for a future SideQuest episode, uh, we'd be happy to hear from you. Uh, you can reach out to Platy via his Twitter, PlattyM3, or uh, via the Dragon's Den Discord or the Dragon's Den website itself. Or you can also contact me, Yangus the Legendary Bandit, on the Dragon's Den via personal message or uh, via the Dragon's Den Discord. Uh, just look for my name. Uh, we have a list full of ideas, and we'd be happy to add some more. Uh, and maybe we'll even revisit a topic if we get enough interest in it. So if you got any suggestions, just throw them our way. All right. Bye, everyone. Si- Rage side quest complete. Bye.